Hi, here's another episode of Nuns in Space, our uh, episodic story. Uh, but like, influenced heavily influenced by things like Star Trek and Firefly. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe not episodically, but it's our episodic series, uh, Nuns in Space. Uh, the tale of nuns in space on a ship called the Monte Carmelo, uh, piloted by Scooter and his best friend and software interface, Stan. Uh, the crew of the ship are, are the nuns from Scooter's childhood. And each episode is, a, is a episodic, so it's an episode mostly self-contained. I mean, you know, like, uh, you really don't need to listen. It's, you know, I think you got everything there. Scooter, the spaceship, they're in outer space. Uh, nuns, and they're in search of a ship called the uh, Natchez. Uh, which they're, every episode they're looking for it. So there's a, you know, there's a little hint. And the way they search for the ship is by following strings of delusion throughout space. And I think this is, it's, it's a great, I mean, there's like, a, there's, there's a lot of great things to sleep to in this series, including, I mean, outer space, you know, in space, no one near, needs to hear you sleep because it's none of their business uh, or something, some catchphrase like that. And here's a person that introduces our series, but is rarely on time. Uh, my friend, it's a world, the game seven of the World Series. Yeah, it's called a DVR. I think you got them in, in down there. Oh, my friend, I couldn't. Can I watch it on your TV? No, because I have it paused, so I don't want it to be unpaused. It's a, a, a tie game. Oh, it wasn't a tie game when. Oh. Okay, sorry, Antonio. Are you a Cubs fan or a Cleveland? My friend, it won't, at this point, it won't matter. Okay, you sound off, so I'll just let you introduce. Okay. The ladies, the gen, ladies, the, my friend, see him, unprofessional. You don't even sound like yourself, Antonio. Is it cold outside? Exactly. I don't know why that would affect your ability to ban Darius, but, uh, the ladies and gentlemen, the boys, the girls, and the friends behind the binary. It's time for another episode of the nuns in a space. The nuns in space. That's that's probably best yet, Antonio. Yeah, go ahead and watch it. I, like you can watch it, and just don't yell. My friend, there's no reason to watch if I cannot yell. Okay, how about we go watch it together? Oh, won't Stan be jealous? No, okay, nuns in space, I got it, thanks. Hey, pen pal, it's me, how you doing? Um, I don't know, pen pal, I was like, yeah, what am I going to uh, talk to my pen pal about it? Because I was debating, I said, well, should I think it's, should I craft up something... Like, what kind of mood, where and when is my pen pal listening to this? And should I, you know, I don't, I don't have any zingers, pen pal. Or, you know, or, or humdingers. I think that was, pen pal, I don't know if you, do you play, in your world, do you have board games? Uh, there was a game called Cranium, like, uh, and I think there was a, something called a humdinger when you played that game. It was a, it was a, it wasn't a, it was a, 
It wasn't a pen and it was a board game, Ben Pal, but it also had other things. Humdinger, I think you were supposed to hum a song. And then people, the, the, your teammate, I think, I believe, was supposed to guess it. So probably wouldn't put a humdinger into a pen pal message because that wouldn't be. But I was, I, I think originally humdinger meant like a zinger. Like I would say something and then across time and space, you would be tickled pink. You know, or like just like Lionel Kitty City used to do, turn a frown upside down, pen pal. I would do that for you if you were frowning. But maybe when you press play on this, it automatically, hopefully I'm not causing a frown. That's what, that's what I was worried about. I said, oh, and I said, I don't want to, and he said, oh, should I, should I write up my pen pal letter? And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I should, should I think it's in a, and then I stood in front of, I don't have a mirror, but so I stood in front of an imaginary mirror and I, I pretended I was wearing an imaginary suit and I checked my uh, pocket square. Pen pal adjusted my imaginary tie and I said, Good afternoon, pen pal. And then one of the sisters said, What are you doing? And I said, I just did that. I didn't even do anything. And then I then I went, Well, I wish I could think of, I wish I was quicker, you know, pen pal. Like I said, Well, pen pal. Is that a pen, or are you a pal? Why don't you say something? Like, that would be... And then, you know, then that voice says, well, just don't worry. Your pen pal be laughing. Just be yourself. That's all you got to do. But you know me, pen pal. You know, pen pal, I wish... It's too bad you don't like it. Like, I don't have a lot of empathy and compassion. I think I struggle with those things, but I do know that I can't record... Like, it's a good thing they don't have a, the brain recording devices have yet to be, you know, work right. Because we have so many conversations that I don't record, Ben. Like, where I'm testing out conversations, kind of like a rehearsal. The irony is when I sit down to record them, none of, none of that, like, you should hear the stuff. I'm like, there's so many per world, universal, all the earthly problems we still had, even after we were exposed to space, we fixed those, Ben Pal. But I kind of forgot how, uh, like, once the pressure of coming up with a good joke to lead with, you know, to make sure. So, Pen Pal, I hope this finds you good. Uh, great. Terrific. Uh, and hopefully I can get, you know, get into it now. Like, because he spent all his time thinking about impressing you and planning what I was going to say, and then it created a pressure that I said, well, just start recording because you're going to take forever. You'll never... And he said, where was all that stuff I was talking about in the shower with my pen pal? And, uh, like, remember when we wrote that opera together? Why can't I remember? Wasn't it an opera? Or was it? Was that in my imagination? If it was an opera, it probably involved one of those things like... Uh, well, never mind, pen pal. I don't think they have trains or can't, you know, we all, you know, what happened with Canada. So there's no more Mounties. We know about that. I don't know how, I thought that was part of the North American continent, but how, that was like to, the whole, the, the, all of Canada transcended. That was, that was wild, wasn't it, pen pal? I mean, they said, Om Canada, if you know what I'm saying, pen pal.
I don't know. That, that, that was the that was the Canadian transcendence, the great Canadian transcendence. They called that pen pal. I don't know. Maybe there's a cover up. Maybe they don't talk about it. No one, no one believed it, and then that's when people started saying there never was any Canada. And I was part of the, you know, I was a Canadian truther. I said, okay, to, w- answer me this. Uh, which, you know, do, do, to, let's talk about, do we got the Drake? We got Rapt- Toronto Raptors, CN Tower. How'd that get on a cover of Drake's album if Canada doesn't exist? Uh, the Kids in the Hall. Uh, did I say enough? You know, do, do you want to laugh? Because without Canada... And they said, well, Canada's transcended. They said, what about Bob and Doug McKenzie? And they, they, because all my references are so dated anyway. And they, then I said, well, what was that guy? Ed Grimley, I think was his name. Uh, SCT. They said, oh, those are all my, I think this was that breakfast with the nuns, because they're, they're more in my age range, Ben pal. Uh, anyway, pen pal, I guess like I'm, I'm talking so much because uh, I've, I've also been debating. We we uh, we we uh, we were well, we still are out of delusion or something. We've we're just in this weird spot in space. I don't really know where to go, and so for a, a couple of days, we're according to the sisters' weeks. Uh, We've just been traveling, and, you know, I kind of said, it. well, let me look at the map, and then I said, well, let's just go on this course here. You know, let's travel within delusion detection distance, you know, more populous sections of the galaxy. And I'm not getting anything. I haven't been getting anything. Then, just not that long ago, our ship was hailed. You know, somebody called in. They said, hey, Dolby. Uh, like picked us up somehow and ra- radar said, "Well, I see your ship. Uh, uh, it was a certain signal, something. I don't know. They want to have tea." And then I said, "Is this?" I said, "Why? Who answered this freaking call?" And they said, "Well, it's, it's the this space protocol." You said, and then I said, "Okay." I said. I said, tell them we all have a cold, you know, and they said, well, it's tea, even tea's the better. So I was debating whether to meet up with this Dolby, but I guess we're meeting for tea uh, soon. Well, let's see what time, oh boy. So I got to go. And then, of course, they said, well, we, we'll you'll meet at the docking. Hold, hold on, Stan, are, are we docking with the, this the Dolby ship? Dol, Dolby, is that the the the, the being's name? Scooter, Scooter it is, it's Dolby. Dolby, okay, is it, what's it? Scooter, you should head down to uh, Dock 44. Okay, Stan, it's it, why is it, never mind, okay, I know where to go. Okay, Scooter. Uh, so we're going to meet up with this Dolby, you might as well come along, it's Dock 44. I mean, the ship's not that big, there's not 44 docks, I don't know, 44, if it's a number or not, I don't, Stan, you don't need to answer either. Uh, but so this Dolby called, and it's, it, it, it's like, uh, when I'd have tea, okay. Okay, hold, 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 I'll be right back, because i got to do this airlock thing. It's going to be so, it's so noisy, these airlocks with the freaking air. You'd think, like, they'd, they'd have a way to, like, uh, 
and it still makes your ears pop. I chew, to, I pretend to chew gum. You know, I just work my good jaw and plug my ears. But I think those two things defeat themselves, Pen Pal. Okay, hold, hold, hold on. I'll be, we'll be back in one second, Pen Pal. Hey, Pen Pal. I'm back. Pen Pal, I'm here with Dolby, who's just a delightful being. Uh, and Dolby's here, so I can't describe Dolby, but quite da- da- dashing it for in a non earthly way, Dolby. You are. Well, your pleasure. It's my pleasure to say so. This is my pen pal that we're recording for. Uh, pen pal Dolby, Dolby bowed and did kicked one of those heel kick cross leg. Uh, Dolby, have you do you know who the Radio City Rockets are? Dolby's laughing in a charming way, pen pal. And Dolby brought tea. Uh, so thank you, Dolby. We, we get, I can't wait for you to meet the sisters. You're really going to. Um, I'd, I'm interested. Maybe I could watch you interact with them. Would you like You could go right ahead, Dolby. I'll walk behind you. This Dolby's a charmer, pen pal. And I don't mean it like I'm jealous, but not like so charming. Even the part of me that would like I can't. You know what I mean, Van Pal? Holy cow. I mean, in some way, I can't. I, I know Dolby's going to char, charm charm the sisters, too. Okay, Dolby's just making small talk. To I wish I could record this, Van Pal, in a way that would just assimilate into my genes so I could just do this. Rapport is being made. They're laughing. I think this is actually actual real rapport building. Oh hey, do Oh, you got to be honest with us. Okay. Oh, you saw saw the long lost buddy's blooper reel. You mean the long? Oh, I was on the blooper reel. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it was it was hilarious. Which part? When I was crying because all the sisters were yelling at me. Yeah, that was a moment in time. I bet you. Oh, you have a seat, Dolby. Like I'll prepare the tea. The tea's prepared. You brought your own. Is that like one of those insulated thermoses? Do, do double or triple insulated? Wouldn't understand. Have you met Stan Dolby? And the ship's computer. You can't really talk to the ship's computer except through Stan. Um, wow. I don't like. I feel so at ease. This is still. This is some good tea. I mean, from smelling it, I haven't drank it yet, but thank you, Dolby. So you saw us on Long Lost Buddies. Yeah, that didn't, we we, uh, we got a lot of false leads from that one. Like billions of false leads. It was great. And mostly crank calls. I don't like, like, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a while ago. I'm surprised. So you're a Long Lost Buddy fan? Well, you got to be, you, 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 this is part of the reason why you're here. Well, I thought you were just here for tea. No. Uh, you, so you, you, you have information about Gartok? Not Gartok exactly. What do, you, what do you mean, Dolby? You know the whereabouts of a ship. Uh, okay, that's great. Uh, wait, Gartok software interface? A bit like Stan. What do you mean, like Stan? Another soda machine? Another soda machine, like Stan? Like, uh, like, uh, 
Uh, Stan, you know anything about this? Scooter. Scooter, I'm, I'm afraid. Scooter, I, I'm afraid. I, I don't know. It's Scooter, I'm afraid to hear more. Uh, well, Dolby, Dolby, tell us more. Uh, this ship it, it had an uh, interaction with Gartok, and they took the device. So is it a freestyle soda machine? It is, but it's not working properly. Stand, stand does that sound familiar to you? Scooter. Scooter, it does. Are you sure it's not like it? Because cause I don't know if it, well, I can't tell you everything just in case. You know, you're pretty kind of you're cool, Dolby. But, you know, is it a delusion device or a software interface? Or an, is you mean like uh, it's not working? Does it make grape soda? Scooter. Wait, what was it? Dolby, what's the name of Spike? The name is Spike. That's not as cool as Stan. Stan, what do you know about Spike? Scooter, Spike's, Spike's, what, what, is Spike like a bad, bad version of you, Stan? Scooter, Spike was a a prototype uh, designed for marketing and behavioral research, not for uh, direct-to-consumer soda soda dispension. So, Stan, you're you're pretty, like, Stan, is that uh, in your programming to mispronounce things when you're stressed? Scooter stands used to, to manipulate human behavior. Oh, like Stan would spike so like is this like some sort of university scooter exactly university research on students uh, via soda machine with spiked sodas. So uh, like a research so research interface, right, Stan? Scooter at some point spike. Scooter. Oh, this doesn't sound exactly like what Gartok would be up to. This machine probably knows a lot about Gartok, right? Scooter, everything I know about Spike is that Spike's... Spike gathered a... Scooter, like, are you saying it's standard Spike goes sentient? I mean, close to sentient, like, also depend, like, also, like, you're dependent on human? Scooter, exactly. So with with some sort of lust for for control over humans, but also, uh, but also without wheels. So depend, you know, and also scooter, scooter. Yeah. So is there anything? Uh, so you're just against, okay. Anyway, sorry, Stan. I got it. Dolby's doing some cracking jokes. I got to get back to. So I'm sorry, Dolby. What were you saying about Spike? Stan's a little concerned about Spike. This is Stan should be. Well, that's very, uh, that's very, uh, confirming or whatever of Stan's fears. Thanks, Dolby. That's very, uh, whatever that's called, that human behavioral thing where you wrecked whatever you recognize how Stan's feel. But, uh, so Gartok lost a spike somehow. Oh, Gartok got, got away, like, uh, but left spike behind. It was in the last second. It's on the ship, eh? So, do you think we could go talk to Spike? Do you think they would let us? No, they wouldn't, huh? Not exactly. What do you mean, uh, Dolby? They won't exactly let us. We'd have to trick them? Where, 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 Dolby, didn't you see me on Long Lost Buddies? Like, tr- trick them how? Like, oh, because they don't even have the legal right to... Uh, okay. Did they, like, steal Spike from Gartok by accident or something? More or less. Oh, they don't even know. They just think Spike's a soda machine. 
a freestyle sort of machine and interface. So it's pretty nice because, yeah, these kind of interfaces, they, uh, as far as I knew, Stan was the only one. So so we can't, we couldn't just, what if I just talked to her for a little while? I'm like, uh, oh, they're, they're having a trouble, trouble with Spike. What, what seems to be the trouble with Spike? Oh, Spike only downloaded half its last software upgrade, so it's really buggy. Stan, Stan did you hear that? Does that sound plausible, Stan? Scooter, that's very plausible. If uh, if it was interrupted, if this spike was interrupted while downloading, uh, they didn't. They never fix that kind of stuff, Stan. Uh, Scooter, unfortunately, it would be dependent on the settings for the updates for, for for Spike. But if it was a recent, you know, upgrade for bug fixes and things uh, and patches, uh, oh dear, I feel bad for Spike. Half. Uh, Halfway upgraded. It's, it's going to be so buggy. Oh, so what if we just, like, uh, Stan, would that be something we'd be able to fix? Couldn't we patch your up, up, upgrade? And, like, uh, uh, Scooter, we could do that, but Stan's also evil. You mean Spike? Hey, Scooter, hope. I guess, Scooter, I don't know. I'm just, uh, yeah, but it's it's just a software interface. I mean, could we could we also overwrite the the, the research Hey, Stan, I, I th- are you being melodramatic, Stan? Uh, Scooter, I think I am being a little melodramatic. I just don't think it, like, like it was Spike to override. Spike doesn't live to just serve Scooter. Uh, Spike has its own, oh, it's like some sort of direct. Okay, anyway, but what if we just, uh, do, we don't deal with Spike. We'll just upgrade. You think that's a good possibility, Dolby? We ch- trade the upgrade to quiz Spike. Now, Dolby, my friend, I know that not everybody uh, in the universe is just so friendly as you. You know, most people have an ulterior motive in meeting one of the stars of the bloopers from Long Lost Buddies. I'm sure, you know, we'll fill your coffers for stories. For You must have some sort of uh, something you want. You didn't just come to the ship for tea and friendship. Uh, I mean, who? I mean, I don't know what universe you come from with your downy soft feathers all over you and your winning smile, even though you don't. Anyway, Dolby, um, what, what's, what's, in, what's in it for you? Oh, you're laughing to break the tension. I, see, Dolby, I can. It's a funny thing. What's a funny thing, Dolby? What people want, you know, beings. Yeah, I've been calling them beings, but I guess people would be more confusing since. And okay, I could refer to people. You'd like, okay, I'm sorry. You just want to stow away on the ship that spikes on. Sisters and anyone else? You just want to stow away on that. Don't you have a ship here? Oh, this ship's pretty big. So you would just leave your you'd you'd stow away with your ship. Oh, you'd put this ship on autopilot to meet you somewhere later. Wow, that's great. That's that's a cool feature of your ship. Uh, and I never thought of that till this moment. That's so convenient if you're stowing away. But why would you stow away on a ship? Uh, for thrill, like riding the rails, kind of. Well, you get thrill on different levels. 
So you kind of get, get, this is what we would say on Earth, the polite way. We would say you get off on stowing away on ships, but you're not up to any no good. I mean, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. They would say that you, you, you get a thrill. Mere, mere alcohol doesn't thrill you at all. But tell you why must be true. You get your kicks out of being stowed away on a, on a ship. I can, I can dig it because I tell you what, Dolby, it, just to normalize it for you uh, without associating with its sisters, because I know you'll never let me forget it. This was this is purely in the uh, above the belly button region for me, but still close, you know, still vibrating close to the belly button, but not below it for me. As an adult, when I have to hide, I get giggly. But just, you know, just real giggly, you know, not lower giggles. But I do get giggly, like if I have to hide, and I never giggle. Like, I'm not a giggler, you know, I don't, I try not to laugh at anything. Oh, that makes you laugh. Well, but so I can relate that you could probably, is that what's thrilling about it? Mostly, you're not like, so you're just going to hide on their ship for the thrill of it. Oh, and then you'll meet them at the space station. Oof, Dolby. I, I mean, I don't want to judge you because there's, I don't think there's, we're definitely in a gray, gray area though here with all of this, huh? Well, we, you know, we, we've, we've had to, you know, deal with, uh, I never even, you know, I still am not sure the difference between morals and ethics anyway, Dolby. Yeah. That was an uncomfortable groan. Yeah. So, but we, me and the sisters and I have, see that sisters? I said that correctly. The sisters and I have kind of, uh, it's just a matter of uh, how are we going to, like, so we should just, are we just going to, like, what kind of move should we do to get them to let us on board? Should I say I'm a soda machine inspector? Because I do have a vision of what that uniform would look like. Possibly. Like, uh. Well, what do you need us to do? You just need us to create a distraction. Oh, like while we're dealing with Spike, you'll hide on the ship. That makes sense. Okay, so I'll have to come up with a plan for that, and it'll take me some thinking. Because I don't want to... I'm not good at plans, but I seem to be the one... Like, at this point, the sisters, like... uh, I mean, me and the sisters could, you could leave us alone, Dolby, and then we'll kind of, uh, we have a little system for hashing out plans. I think we call it the Scooter's Plan Destruction Protocol. I think you saw it on Long Lost Buddies, or that's what I call it privately in the quartermaster quarters. You know, when I'm still alone after a long time, but when I'm still alone, uh, you know. What if we just come up with a bold, what do you mean a bold plan, Dolby? Like, oh, you're touching me, like, in a friendly way. Well, I like that. Did you just do a shoulder to a lower arm touch? Well, Dolby, you're really making me feel like uh, whatever is below rapport. A bold plan is one I don't have to think about. Well, then, if I don't think about it, how would the sisters dissect it? We would just do it. Uh, okay, well, so we got a big ship and we got to get aboard. And you're saying pretending I'm a soda machine inspector won't work. 
uh, because I would think too much. Okay, well, it's a, a bold plan. I don't know. I don't like it, the idea of bold stuff. Uh, you like, uh, just come up with what's the next thing that, like, uh, like, what if we stow away on another ship? Exactly, that's bold. Oh, okay, sister, what did you say? Sister Leanne said uh, a big. It would have to be a bigger, a bigger ship than this ship. You're right about that. If we're gonna stow away, You're right, sister. I'm sorry, sister. A bigger, like a, some sort of transport ship. Okay. Hi, oh boy. What did you just say? Hijack ship, sister. Are you, Stan, are you, uh, there's a, okay, there's a ship uh, not that far away. Okay, I guess we'll, let's just go to check that ship out. What if we just tell that ship we're coming on board for tea and we give the, 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 the driver of that ship some extra sleepy tea and then we fly the ship for a while? It's a great idea. Oh, no, oh, boy, sorry, pen pal, I didn't mean for you to hear me, uh, uh, bending all my, this is bad, exa- I'm setting a bad example. Anyway, pen pal, I'll be back in a minute, I guess. Uh, hey, pen pal, it's me, I'm back. So the stowaway on the, the stowaway, the stowaway, stowaway to stowaway, the stowaway plan. It had a little hiccup, but then Dolby saved the day. That's right, Dolby, you saved the day. So we're hidden on a, like, uh, believe it or not, we're on a, like, uh, Believe it or not, Pen Pal, they still soda in the future. Uh, I guess that's why some of these soda machines are also being repurposed as software interfaces. Though, you know, according as far as I know, Stan's the only one with the personality. Uh, but this ship is a soda transport ship, so I'm wondering the morality of stealing uh, cartridges to try to repair Stan so we can have Dr. Pepper and Cherry once Cherry Pib. Sorry, Dr. Pepper. Sorry, Mr. Pibb. So, so we tried the uh, tea thing, but we botched that. But then Dolby pretended Dolby pretended to be a uh, some sort of space cop or something. So right before we gave the tea to the uh, the the the, the, sh- the ship, the transport, you know, the captain of that ship, Dolby, it was a whole thing. But now we have control of this uh, transport, and we, we happen to just, uh, like, uh, we got a hold of the, the ship that uh, the spikes on, and I, I actually did it. I said, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I just it, it ran a scan of your ship. I saw you have a freestyle soda machine. You know, we're, you know I always sell soda stuff on the side. And they actually bought it. So actually, I am going to be, instead of a soda inspector, I'm going to be the kind of person that sells, uh, like, an illegal soda sales concentrate soda can. So we're almost we're, 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 we're almost meeting up with that ship. And then we'll we'll, uh, we'll get, you know, then, then I think, uh, so hold on, Pimpa, I'll be back in a minute. Uh, hey, Pimpa, I'll just stick with me here, man. Good, good afternoon, everybody. I'm here to, to like, uh, get this soda. Like, I just want to double-check the order because it didn't make any sense with some of these flav- flavors. But now seeing you, that uh, uh, you must be from a sea-based planet. So having these sea-flavored sodas 
what is uh like uh how delicious is uh, uh that's is that like a is that a purple slug on there it is yeah because it says purple slug on that one the one you wanted five cases of so you get yourself a freestyle soda machine here this thing something looks off about this machine though is it uh, working properly uh, you're having some issues with it, huh? What seems to be the problem? Did you put it in diagnostic mode? Hey, machine, how you doing? Are you in there? Is, there, do you, is this a software interface and freestyle soda machine? It is. Oh, it's deep wired into your ship's computer and your ship's hardware. Uh, how'd that happen? You don't know. It's stuck in some sort of... Oh, it's stuck in an infinite heart. Oh, you re tried to restart it when you knew I was coming with the soda, hoping because you really went to the purple slug soda. Okay, hold, hold, hold on. Believe it or not, uh, like I have a awesome soda machine on my ship, not for sale, so don't worry about it. Stan, can you hear me? Scooter, I can. Okay, I guess this is Spike here is stuck in an infinite uh, software. Oh, how did I know its name's Spike? It's uh, it's 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 like written right here. Uh, SP, like see, it's it's invisible. It's it's a way I know. It's like one of those. It's like an eye puzzle. Only human. Unfortunately, you know, human beings, earthbound humans, we control the soda business. So only human eyes can see it. That's how I know that you're not. You know that this is a. I mean, this has been altered. Anyway, Stan is stuck in an infinite startup loop. It said it's hardwired into the ship's uh, things. Do you know anything about that, Stan? Uh, Stan, you're not answering me. Okay, I can't get a hold of my soda machine. So excuse me one second. Just uh, give me a little privacy. Usually when my soda machine doesn't answer, it's because it wants to say something private to me. Scooter. Scooter. Okay, Stan, I can hear you. That's about as loud as you can be, though. Scooter, that's not good that it's uh, hardwired into the ship. What, what, what do you mean, Stan? Uh, Scooter, it, it can, we, Spike would have to release... Con uh, Spike has control of the ship, Scooter. Like, remember when I took over your ship? It's the same thing. Yeah, but they're not saying that Spike's in charge of the ship. Scooter, they're probably unaware of it. Spike's taken over their ship. So do you think Spike's actually in a software, like, a restart loop, though? Scooter, it could be, though. Like, uh, go, go ask him when the upgrade started. Uh, because Spike could have taken over their ship and then d downloaded half an update, halfway updated Scooter. So uh, let's, let's, let's do a little more diagnostics. Okay, Stan. Oh, Stan, by the way, is this, this oh, 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 do, do, it's uh, Dolby, you know what I'm saying? Scooter, Scooter, that's, uh, 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 he's giggling somewhere on the ship, Scooter. Okay, thanks, Stan. Well, hey, everybody's just running things by my soda machine. I get good news, bad news questions to kind of find out, uh, you know, I'd love to get you some of this pur purple slug soda. Um, you don't seem that excited about it, but, uh, um, so when, so this is hardwired into your ship, it's like a big part of your navigation and you're interfacing with your ship's computer. 
It is. How were you interfacing before? Oh, expertise. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, these are supposed to. That's what they said. That's the only way people like me could fly these big ships, huh? Oh, so you still, oh, you had an expert, and now you have another one. Oh, but you already gave, okay. Well, so the the, the software spike was already running, helping run your ship, and then the software interface, the update started? Okay. Um, okay, Stan, so yeah, the update started not that long ago is what I'm hearing. Okay, Scooter. Uh, I need you to uh, uh, hold down the two buttons on the top. Okay, Stan, I'm going to hold down the two buttons on the top. And a symbol of uh, plugging Stan in uh, to some other, uh, some sort of toaster-looking thing. Uh, it says, uh, you know, update 50%. You, you can't, uh, now it's whirring around, Stan. Oh, Scooter, so I think, uh, okay, um, Scooter, you're going to need to take Spike and in, in plug Spike into me in order to, uh, but you'll have to be, have Spike's permission, Scooter. So uh, uh, go ahead and press the two buttons on the top, Scooter, uh, count to five, press them again, and that'll start Spike in like a lim limited activity mode. Okay, so one, two. Three, four, five, and then press again. Okay, it's it's, it's like a, a terrible resolution. Scooter, it's limited up. It's limited mode. Scooter. Okay, it's starting up. Uh, uh, it's really it's really glitchy though. To stand. Okay, Scooter, I need you to to ask Spike. Tell Spike what's going on. Okay, wait, can't you do it? No, Scooter, you, you're interfacing with, Stan, with Spike. Hey, Spike, I don't know if you can hear me, uh, but, it, like, you're glitching. You have a, had, a, like, a half an update. And I don't know if your data got interrupted or whatever, but it was, like, one of those ones where it's halfway installed. And I'm here from Soda for you know, like I have a I have another software interface soda machine on board my ship. Uh, I guess you two may across anyway. We can patch an update into you. I'd have to bring you on board my ship, which would mean you'd have to kind of like de-hardwire out of this ship. Uh, uh, but otherwise, you're just going to be glitching for forever. I think, like, unless you uh, dock with some other soda machine experts. Right, Stan? Uh, Scooter, that's correct. Uh, Spike, uh, Scooter's correct. Uh, uh, you, you need you need a patch uh, because our last patch we had was... Uh... Anyway, Spike, you, you, if, you, if you listen to Scooter, he'll take you on board and we'll set you back up. So, yeah, hey, everybody. So I got to take Spike uh, here. Is that going to be cool? Totally cool. I can take this soda, like this purple slug soda stuff with me too. It didn't, you, well, it's a, I already brought it on board the ship. It's kind of a hassle. Okay, well, I got to get a dolly. Oh, you have, do you have two furniture dollies? Okay, so Spike, can you detach from the ship? Can you hear me at all, Spike? Scooter, I can hear you.
Oh, boy. I hope that's because you're glitching, because I'm not going to be able to deal with that. Uh, but, Spike, can you release... Uh, are you uh, uh, severing your ties with the ship so we can take you off board and, uh, you know, the ship will still be under control and everything? Scooter, I'm relinquishing control of the ship. Okay, Spike, and then we'll get you patched up, and then we'll get you right back here. Because you didn't ask when I was going to bring Spike back, but... uh you know, don't worry, I'm not going to keep Spike on our ship, so it'll take a little while, and then we'll be back, all right? Okay, Pen Pal, I'm going to get a, a two, so Spike, I'm going to uh, lie down here on these two furniture dollies, and I'm going to stack this purple slug soda on top of you, concentrate, because they don't want it. So we're going to do that, and... Uh, you know, Spike, I haven't used furniture dollies in a while, these square ones, but I'm quite the dolly master. Um, don't worry, I'll be back uh, with, with, your, with your soda machine. Uh, and Spike, I'm talking, one, one second, Spike, I got to do So, Pimpal, I'll be right back. All right, Pimpal, so we got Spike hooked up here to, to Stan. And just going through this, the update, it, I guess it's just like a, like waiting for water to boil, waiting for me, these machines to update is uh, is not pleasant. Um, I guess this is a good distraction um, uh, for uh, Dolby to hide on that ship. And Stan, can you... Um, I guess this is, I mean, we're already in, you know, strange ground morally. Can you, uh, while you're updating, can you, uh, to, you know, to, to download uh, uh, Spike's memory, please, uh, to the ship's computer? Uh, Scooter, I could do that, like, so, so we know what Spike knows about Gartok. Yeah, just copy over Spike's, you know, everything, and then, then we'll just bring Spike back. Uh, what's that, sister? The other ship. What do you mean the other ship's taking off? The ship that we were just on, that we took. Okay, see if you could get a hold of them. Okay, you're either, you're hailing them. They're not coming. They're not answering. Okay, send a send a urgent hail. Um. Okay, wait. wait, wait. Why is it? Okay, hold on. Get 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 a hold of them. Thanks, sister. Uh, Stan, what's that shaking? Uh, the soda ship is, is okay. Um, Sister Leanne, why don't you uh, get our ship launch ready? Something strange is happening here. The soda ship started to move. The freight ship. Okay, now it's really shaking. Okay, let's get it. Let's. Uh... Oh boy. Okay, maybe the crew woke up. I thought uh, Dolby had taken care of everything. I wish I could get this purple slug soda off, but let's let's uh, fly off of this the the, the this uh, what is this thing called a container ship? I don't know. Let's get off the ship. Uh, yeah, just fly out. To, okay, cargo doors are going. Go faster. Thank you. Okay, just pull pull out. You know, let's get a safe distance from this ship. Where is the other ship? It's gone. Uh, Stan, any ideas? Scooter, they jumped. Okay, they jumped. Okay, can you still reach them? Is there the out of us? Is there? Can you break through the subspace fields? Uh, Scooter, I cannot. But there's a message coming in uh, from Dolby. Okay, can you read it to me? 
Oh, Scooter. Oh, it says, uh, thanks for everything, suckers. Okay, thanks for everything, suckers. Okay. Cause so, so he must be having a great time stowed away on that ship. How'd he get to, uh, Scooter, it came from their command deck, this message. Okay, is there anything else in the message? Uh, Scooter, yeah, it says Spike is, is, uh, oh dear, Scooter. I'm just reading through Spike's memory. Spike, it, Scooter, they were trying to get Spike off of their ship. This was, that was Dolby's ship. Okay, I'm sorry, Stan, you're going to have to, so they wanted to, wait, so that was Dolby's ship that he stowed away on, or they stowed away on. Scooter, correct. And they wanted Spike off of that ship. Uh, Scooter, but they couldn't get Spike off of the ship. Okay, they couldn't get Spike off the ship because Spike was hardwired. But why would they want Spike off the ship unless Spike... How's that? Can you... Scooter, Spike's restarting. Okay, can we can we power power down Spike or anything? Uh, Scooter, we can't do... That would be... Scooter, that would be immoral, not in a restart after an update. Okay, well, how long is it going to take to, to update? Uh, restart after the update. A scooter, a little while, but it's uh, scooter. We now have an evil soda machine on board this ship. Well, no, I mean you're saying evil, but we don't know that. We just know that they wanted. Is uh, Spike already hardwired into the computers? Scooter, Spike's hardwired into me. Uh, this is great news, Pen Pal. So anyway, Pen Pal, um, don't worry about that last thing. So, so Stan, are we talking like five minutes or two days? Scooter, it'll take a little while. I, I you should probably go lie down because you're gonna have a headache later. Uh, Stan, did we take any uh, Mister Pib or Cherry from the scooter? We did not. We we could replace it with the purple slug though. Okay, okay, pen pal, I gotta go. But don't worry about this. It's just it's spike. It, it's nothing. It's nothing. We just took. I guess we got. Uh, pen pal, do you know what happened? So we got tricked. Is that what happened, Penpale? That uh, Dolby came on board just to trick us to take uh, Spike off of their ship, hand trick Spike to release their ship. Oh boy, that was bold. Uh, all right, Penpal, I'll talk to you soon. Hi, right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Nuns in Space, our episodic series of Nuns in Space. Uh, so episodic basically means if you if this is your first episode, you you really uh, you haven't missed uh, too much. Uh, but, so you can kind of start on any episode. And if you're familiar with episodic space series like Star Trek or Star Trek: The Next Generation or Star Trek: Deep, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek: Voyager. Ideally, all of those were episodic. I'm not positive about that, but I think so. It just kind of means the episode's self-contained. But on Nuns in Space, it's a story of uh, Scooter uh, and the ship of the Monte Carmelo. And he, the crew of the ship just happens to be the nuns from Scooter's childhood. And you, if you want to kind of get a prequel, well, how did that happen? You could listen to the first couple episodes. That's kind of like the pilot. But basically, Scooter's on the ship with the nuns from his childhood. And they're chasing delusion across outer space in search of um, the uh, the Nichez, 
which is another ship that the nuns are in search of, kind of to save the universe or something. But they're having, you know, just like in a good episodic series, uh, you know, to bo- like to boldly go. I mean, this isn't as bold, but, but you know, they're, they're following strings of delusion throughout the universe. And hopefully, the, you know, ideally this episode show would end when Scooter and the nuns, you know, coalesce as a team and come together to work together for the betterment of all uh, the universe. Uh, so if that happens, that'll be the end of the series. But until then, it's an episodic show. And here's our uh, setup announcer, Mr. Hollywood, never on t- you know, oh, oh, Mr. Hollywood, because I, uh, I, I, excuse me, I won't even respond. Ladies and gentlemen, the boys and the girls, and the friends beyond the binary. It's time for another episode of the nuns in a space. Antonio, every time I don't know, I, I say, you know, as troubled as our personal relationship is, we don't, we have no personal right. This is just a favor I'm doing. Maybe because of me. Okay, but as troubled as our personal relationship is, it, every time I wonder, could it get better? Could it, could Antonio's delivery get better? And then you do it somehow. So despite the fact that you dislike me, and you passively, I, my friend, I don't dislike anyone. You frustrate me. Uh, but I can live with that. Well, because yeah, you're a true artist. I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh, thank you. Uh, so and that's Antonio Banderas, everybody. He might even get, you might even get to, uh, I don't think I have any cold sparkling water, but how's a warm one sound? Oh, uh, thank you. All right, thanks, nuns in space, everybody. Uh, dear pen pal, it's me. I'm la- pen pal. I had to. I had to. Move, like you didn't hear pen pal because it, well, I didn't press record. But also, I laughed. I'm smiling. Can you hear me smiling? But dear pen pal, can you hear me smiling? I wonder if I need. I can never remember to say that when I need it when I'm not talking to you, pen pal. But it makes me smile saying, dear pen pal. Because I picture myself as a bubble over myself as I sit at a small desk writing a letter to you and narrating it from a floating bubble, maybe as an adult and then I'm a child writing it. Dear pen pal, and then I'll just keep going. So you picture that pen pal and we'll, we'll take it. So so go ahead. Oh, which desk would I be at? Probably a grammar school desk pen pal. Oh, you're right, I'm left-handed, so I'll have to move the bub- where the bubble is within my mind. You're correct, pen pal. Thank you. So, dear, dear okay, so I shouldn't have said that. Oh, okay, ready, pen pal? Let's breathe here. Uh, dear pen pal, I'm writing you this letter today. And as always, you try to, I know my ego runs everything, but I hope you're well, pen pal. I always forget to ask and even to think about it. But I hope this letter finds you well anyway, pen pal. And me, but I always I have questions for you, so I don't know if that. Have you ever played? Have you ever heard of the game? I know you've never played it, probably, pen pal, unless you live in some retro verse. Uh, but I'm wondering if you've ever played the game Telephone. 
which of course digs me into a whole pen pal. What's a telephone? And then I say, well, do they have cell phone? Telephone, okay, how do I explain? Telephone was a communications device. That's pretty easy. It, it was a handheld. I don't need to explain the technology, pen pal. Oh, boy. And I, I, and now I'm having trouble realizing, why is this game called Telephone? Pen pal, when I was back, when I was a budding pen, pal of pens, I, uh, there was this game. I don't think it was, it was very rarely played game, except when teachers had headaches or... You know, they're the, mostly because of that, I think. But uh, Or birthday parties where things weren't going well or really good. I think I was at one birthday party, one of my siblings, where it was going really good, and we played it with the telephone. I don't know if it was such on a meta level. It was actually tel a telephone game using a telephone. But, but otherwise, the game doesn't have anything to do with the telephone unless it's a prop. But a telephone, a telephone is a communications device. You held it in your hand. And it was for audio communication, just like, you know, similar to what we used to say. I don't think it's that much of a stretch for you to know that, pen pal. I mean, I know how to, 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 to you know, how you're my, you're, you're very swift. But so the game of telephone, though, this is, I think, I think the initial reason the game of telephone came. I don't, it, it precedes my family, but this would actually happen in my house, but I don't think anyone cared. In the game of telephone, you're supposed to care. But what happened is my, my phone, our phone in our house was in the kitchen. That was the only place you, the only way, way you could communicate. And we only, and, and so if someone called in, you would just yell from the kitchen, your ride's going to be here in five minutes or whatever. And if you didn't hear that yelling, or someone didn't relay the message to you. And I'll just say I'm guilty of all this. So like, I was never a relayer of messages. So the fact they didn't receive any is, you know, it's equivalency or whatever. I don't even know what that word means, pen pal, but it sounds like it fits there. So you would just yell. You'd say, your ride's going to be here in five minutes. Usually the game of, tele oh boy, pen pal, this might take the whole, uh, whole time, this whole message just to explain this to you. But so, uh, so, oh, let me tell you the real world example. Now, say someone you lived in, I lived in a different house where let's just say I was, mis you know, as a go-getter, but also like myself. And so my brother, Ted, was trying to tell my sister, Sheila, her ride's coming in five minutes. And then I heard Ted yelling. So then I went down to find Sheila, but then on the way, my way down the stairs, I don't know, maybe I... uh it got distracted, so then I ran into Daniel, and I said, I got a message for Sheila. There's a, a call came in, and they say, well, who who, who called? I say, I don't know, uh, Vanessa, I think. She's going to be here uh, in a little while. You say, okay, and then Daniel would go in, and then maybe Daniel would run into Carl, and he'd say, what's the rush, young man? And then he would say, well, gee, I got to get this message to Sheila ASAP. Uh, Vanessa's got to be at work in 30 minutes. And he'd say, okay, I'll tell her. And then Carl would knock on Sheila's door. Good afternoon, good sister. I have a message for you from the uh, communications device upstairs. It's worked its way down the uh, chain of uh, communication. And she'd say, well, what's the message? And he says, Vanessa is not coming to get you because she's got to go to work. 
And then she would say, oh, bummer, Vanessa's not coming, huh? And that, that's a real-world example in a total fantasy world as far as the one I lived in. Because uh, usually if at my house, and this is all my fault, Pen Pal, I take full accountability because I guarantee this was 90% me. I would either be the one, and it wouldn't be like, it would be screaming. And then you just hang up because you'd be waiting. It'd be like, uh, maybe somebody's going to call me. Uh, so you'd just be defending the phone territory. But then you'd yell, and if no one heard it, or even if they did, no, no, maybe some of my siblings are better. I think they are better people than me. So maybe they would say, hey, Andy's yelling about your call, about something. Anyway, Pen Pal, that's just to, you know, that's just to unconfuse you, believe it or not. Dear Pen Pal, sorry I'm so confusing. P.S. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, P.S. This is still the middle of the letter. I don't know why I'm postscripting you. He, T, he, 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 Pen Pal. Dear Pen Pal, starting the letter again, just to, just to make you smile. So that was a real, so there's a game called Telephone Pen Pal based on that which I guess normalizes things, that my family wasn't the only one that was doing these kind of things, that it was generations before, you know, whenever they get rid of that telegraph, they had this telephone thing. And the game of telephone, in a classroom setting or if you were at a, a picnic table, uh, you'd get, you'd have, like, the if there was an adult moderating the game, the adult would... Uh, have a sentence. We'll say the French fries are green is the sentence. And the adult would tell the first child and then each child would whisper the, the, the sentence they heard only once. You could, I think you could only say it once into the ear of the next child. So you'd say this, the adult would say the French fries are green. And then the next, you know, would, would change to the French fries are clean or wait, you say, in the, you know, you, people get nervous, you know, they get a little performance anxiety. Maybe someone wants to create some chaos, so they mess it around. But the idea was, you know, you'd get it back. The French fries are green. You know, instead, instead saying the French fry, French thighs were lean, that would still be pretty good. You'd still get some applause, I think. So that was the game of uh, telephone, which uh, I think seeing it from a classroom management standpoint makes a lot of sense, Pen Pal, because everybody stays at their desk. Maybe one person gets to go up and go to the next desk. Everyone needs to be quiet. Also, I can see why I rarely worked. And also, I don't think I was good. I, I guess they like... Uh, I don't even, I, I remember watching the game. I'm never sure. I probably got performance anxiety, so I just would freak out and then, like, uh, or I'd have such performance anxiety, I would hear it exact and, and try it. But, but anyway, let's, so that's the game of Telephone Pen Pal, which has to do with this uh, latest situation we're in. Hmm. I don't know why I had pen. I guess pen. Hey, it's that's what's easy about a letter. Except for my letters are tough to read, but most letters, pen pal. I mean, you could rewind this, so you'd say, "What is he talking about?" And then you'd probably say, "What is he?" I don't understand what my pen pal's talking about. Why does my pen pal think dear pen pal so funny? I'd say one day, pen pal. I hope you have the joy 
of overloading a message to your pen pal with dear pen pal how's the weather down there well you'll get it one day pen pal i hope oh but this is about communication bad news here's some here's a little bit of bad news pen pal spike is uh like remember i don't know when last time i talked to you and also i don't know but so we have this other soda machine on board spike and uh, recently in spikes spikes kind of like stan uh but not no, no, spikes a mystery to us thus far we like stan thinks that spikes e-i-v-l or e-v-i-l like not nice but you know has a dastardly deeds and we got spike on board and the next thing we knew spike was trying trying to take over the ship and uh, lock us out of the lock us out uh, according to like spike's I like tricks Stan into detention. I can't remember all the details. I think I was maybe I unplugged Stan from the ship's computer. Anyway, Spike's taking us somewhere, and we don't know where it is. And Spike refuses to tell us, and uh, uh, it's not great. Not great. Everybody's in a bit of an uproar because uh, we assume Spike's, you know, taking us somewhere we don't want to go, guessing it's Gartok and that when we get there, it's going to be trouble. And Spike does, Spike's kind of, like, uh, seems calm about it because it's not, like, making us go to sleep or the sisters, are, like, they immediately went below decks and they said, well, you stay up here, you fig- try to figure it out from the bridge because you're the quartermaster. And they said they're going to figure out an alternative solution below decks. And Spike's not worried about it. Spike, you're worried about Spike. Okay, Spike's processing something, right? But pen pal, we'll get to talk to Spike and Stan. Stan, you want to say hi to the pen pal? Scooter, hi, pen pal. Uh, But I've I've been trying to think of some plans. I don't know what the nuns are doing. And I have a plan, Stan. I didn't run it by you, but I think uh, I'm gonna try to. Uh, I'm gonna try to play, press every soda button at once on uh, Stan's readout and uh, a scooter. That the, the, it just will will ignore all your inputs uh, to cause like a soda overload, or uh, like uh, to see because I wonder what those some of those soda flavors were. Because uh, I do, like, I think I left them all on the other ship's deck. I can't remember. And, 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 so that's what I'm going to hold on, pen pal. Hey, Spike, just me. I'm just going to get a soda here. Don't mind anything I've said at all. And it'd be lo- lovely if you could communicate with me. I don't know how your ice situation is. And please don't spike my drinks. I'm, I'm a, I don't need any. I, like, I can't. I have an issue. It'll cause bad things. So, no alcohol. Okay, Spike, thank you. Okay, Spike, I'm just going to choose. Uh, are you feeling okay when I press all these? It's You're not distributing. I want this slug one with the purple and the grape and the fruit punch and the cola and the pib. Stan's now working. Scooter, it's designed, it's designed that way. Scooter, it's not going to work, so... Oh, thanks, Stan. Okay, Spike. Okay, well, great. So, Spike, uh, you, you won't you, you won't mix me all those sodas. Ah, uh, Scooter, I won't mix you those sodas. Well, Spike, that's uh, interesting. That's a new voice dynamic you have there, Spike. Is that since you're uh, running the ship, that's your new voice dynamic? 
Uh, Scooter, I don't know what you mean. Voice dynamic. Uh, Spike, could you tell me where where are we going? Uh, Scooter, I cannot tell you where we are going. Uh, no, no, no. Can can you tell me what our destination is, please, Spike? Scooter, I cannot tell you what our destination is. Uh, could you? Would you? Uh, in a ship. Uh, Scooter, what's your question? Uh, t- tell me, tell me where we go. Could you? Would you tell me? Could you, could you tell me where we're going? Uh, Scooter, I, I cannot tell you where we are going. Uh, could could you tell me? Oh, wait a second. So you can't tell you can't you can't tell me where we're going. So could could you would you 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 won't or you, you, you so you won't take would will you tell me where we're not going? Uh, Scooter, I, I I believe I could. Wait a second. Do you have to answer my questions? Uh, Scooter, I'm only here to be of service as an interface. Stan, are you following all this? Scooter, I, 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 uh, Scooter, I, 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 I'm, I'm not following it, Scooter. So, Spike, are we going, uh, somewhere good? Scooter, we are going somewhere unexpected. What do you mean? Would you, could you tell me where, so can you tell me where we're not, wait a second. Stan, I'm in a little bit of a logic situation here. Can you help me? Scooter, are you trying to determine where we're going by figuring out where we're not going? Yes, Stan, that's exactly what I'm doing. Scooter, you realize in space that would not work. Yeah, but it could, it'll help us, like, winnow, winnow down. So like, uh, oh, yeah, there's a lot of spots we could go. Uh, so, oh, boy, I was going to... So anyway, Spike, what's the plan? Why don't you just tell me, like, uh, tell me a little bit more about what's going on with your plan here. Uh, like, tell me exactly what what you're up to. And uh, start a stand, stand, start a second recording here. Uh, well, Scooter, I, I, I'm uh, not at liberty to tell you exactly where we're going. Uh, but I can tell you we're on a journey, and that journey will be to a destination that's so good. I think I understand what you're asking now. We are headed to a place so wonderful, Scooter, and we are going to land there. And all of you are going to get out, and you'll all be given awards uh, for your service. You see, I'm an undercover soda robot with the federations, and uh, we we've uh, we will give you extra equipment and awards and you you it will be the day okay stay your spike you're terrible you're terrible at making up lies do you have the same processing power as uh stan oh scooter i have much more processing power than stan yeah that's a lot i mean you wouldn't be have you seen how stan uh stan could you tell me a lie Scooter, why would you want me to lie to you? Stan, who's the best quartermaster ever? Scooter, uh, you're the only quartermaster I know. See, Spike, see how that's... Spike, you should stick around me and Stan. Instead of, uh, you know, instead of like... uh, 
whatever you're doing, hey, don't like instead of like trying to you know confuse me. You you know you could learn a lot from us. I, I, I mean, I could especially if I can get some purple orange fruit. Could could you pour me a purple orange orange fruit soda, please? With the the one with the slug on the cover, scooter. I could do that, uh, but not right now. Okay, well, this is like a this. I feel like I'm taking the SATs, but worse. Like because I think this is okay. Let me. I'm gonna put Stan. Now, Stan, you stay here. I was going to put you on the dolly. I'd love to dolly you around some more too, Spike. I could get a double dolly. You'd be really impressed. I bet you I could hold, I bet you I could find the uh, center gravity with you and Stan on it. Uh, the fun we would have, and that's not a lie. I mean, it would be if it dropped you, one of you. Um, and it probably, I don't know, Stan, don't you think that we could do that? Scooter, I, I don't know how good an idea that would be. Okay, well, great. Uh, I'll be back. I'm going to go down and t- talk to the nuns, and I'll be back. Uh, hey, Pen Pal, me, I'm just walking. Uh, pen Pal, I'll just put you on pause. I'll be back in two seconds. Uh, hey, hey, Pen Pal, I'm back. Hey, Stan, can you uh, to play that last thing about the rewards award ceremony? Just play it over the loudspeakers in the room the nuns are in. I'm about to go in there. Uh, hey, sisters. Oh, yes. Sorry. Stan's playing that. Yeah, so that's uh, Spike talking. I know I'm talking over Spike. Sorry. But uh, Spike's done, almost done. To- it's not that important. I think Spike. Uh, wow. What are you all doing down here? I thought you were going to try to g- crack into the computer. You know, I thought you were hacking into the ship's computer down here. Uh, it seems like you're preparing for some sort of pugilism or, uh, you know, ground, uh, you know, a conflict. Uh, what do you think's going on? What do I think's going on? Well, what do you think's going on? Because I think uh, I'm, I'm getting to the bottom of it, as you can tell up there. Uh, like, I've been doing a process of elimination you think we're going to the Gartak? Is are you going to hide out in the ship? Uh, like, because Spike knows you're on the ship. I'm sure they're broadcasting everything to wherever we're going. So you're going to get Gartak. Okay. Um, well, maybe I could be of assistance and service, like just by. I mean, I, I realize, you know, but in my own bumbling way, maybe I could do that for you. What do you think about that, sisters? Because uh, it sounds like we're going somewhere. I think. And then, so you think we're going to go to Gartak's plant? It's going to be a little trapperoni. And, okay, well, we just keep going. I mean, I thought you were going to actually hack into the, you know, to help uh, take control of the ship so we didn't. But that's fine. I I'll, I guess it's all on me again. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit too much to ask. Uh, I guess, like, uh, there's just too many layers which of management of the ship. Is that what you're saying? Like, why bother? No, sister. Oh, you're just, you just, you're out. Like, you're so mad at Gartok now. Okay, you're going to be honest with me. Oh, there's no way we're going to get the control of the ship. Okay. Not with me in charge. Oof. Okay, well, that's uh, that's that's one statement that I've not heard, is that I'm not going to be able to take charge of the ship. Uh, 
So you think we're going to land somewhere? Okay, but you don't want to tell me all your plans because you don't want me to know. And then, uh, this is so this is this. You think this is an you know it could have this could all be a trust building exercise that you're now failing. Uh, but you know, I mean, maybe Spike could just lead us into battle, and you could take over the ship from. Well, I guess you couldn't. You could take it over from me. I was seeing this something. But yeah, I guess you. Oh, we'll be in a battle. But, but that'll be. Do you think you'd be battling on the ship or off the ship? Because that doesn't doesn't that change the rules? Like, what if I stay on the ship and you're battling off the ship? You know, then you'll have to be nice to me if you want to get back on. By the way, or not? I guess because I need your expertise. And you, know, I'm old, so I'm just trying to help. You know, so the, by the way, it is out of guilt, but I've been trying to to, to help it uh, to follow. Okay, this isn't going. Okay, fine. This is not good. Pen pal, this isn't going good. Anyway, um, let's go out in the hallway here, pen pal. Because I had a little thinky poo going on when I was talking to them. Dear pen pal, back, back to the dear pen pals. And I'll need a bit, because P.S., did you hear what I was saying back there? Like, pen pal, it just got the weirdest thought. Maybe too good to be true. And I'm afraid to say it out loud, pen pal. But, like, uh, so Spike's lying. The, the, and the nuns can't take over control of the ship. I don't think Spike can take over control of the ship. Spike's just the interface for the ship's computer. And I know this sounds crazy, like a crazy game of telephone that's not like that, but super boring. But, like, everything happened so fast that, and because Spike had taken over the other ship. But that ship probably doesn't have, like, a... Like, a, that was a big ship, so maybe it has all sorts of other rules where this ship's computer, I'm in charge. It's that simple. If there's no battle, I'm not in charge. And the time that Stan took over the ship, I had to turn control over to the ship. So the problem we face, pen pal, maybe, ideal, I mean, we get so many other problems that I guess this is kind of not as big a deal. But the problem we face this moment, pen pal. If we assume, because this is a logic puzzle, that uh, the quartermaster is always in charge of the ship unless the quartermaster gives up control of the ship, uh, that would mean that I'm still in charge of the ship, but I can't interface with the ship's computer except through Spike. Um, and uh, I wonder if I can open up a, a secure... St oh, wait, I do I have the secure thing Hey, Stan, can you, can, don't answer me, but, oh, wait. Uh, Stan, like, uh, if you can hear me right now, roll some ice around. I, I heard that, Stan, you rolled some ice. Okay, Stan, start to think about if there's a way you can interface with the ship's computer uh, without Spike finding out. It doesn't have to be... Like, can you do some kind of blinking or something to communi communicate with the ship's computer? And, like, uh, like, do you think you could do that? It doesn't have to be anything complex. Like, this is just, we just need some basic communication. Uh, uh, roll some ice around. Okay. I don't, if it's a no, just, I guess, don't say anything. Um, I'll figure out no.
Okay, Stan, now ask, get ready to, to take this down and ask the ship's computer, like, uh, am, am I in charge of the ship? Okay, I heard the ice roll on, so it means I am in charge of the ship. Okay, but I just don't have control. I'm still in command of the ship, and we could just try to parse this out, but then Spike... But Spike doesn't know, right? Stan, just oh, I don't know what no is. I don't want to make you roll ice around too much. Is that ice rolling? Never mind, Stan. Don't don't answer. I guess you can't answer it. Okay, so oh, this doesn't do us any good except that Spike must. Uh, it's it, the ship's computer if we're going anywhere. We're moving, but do we have a set destination? Okay, that's total silence. Does that mean no? So you would say yes, because if it's no, you would say yes. You understand? So, so does that mean no, because you didn't answer right away with dice? Yes. So we don't have a destination. We do not have a destination. Yes. Great. So we're just flying. We're we're just flying through space to like uh, so, somewhat randomly. Yes. Oh yeah, we're probably on like our last known course or something. So where this? Okay, do, we don't need to overthink it. That there should have been a failsafe or something for this situation. Like if I fell asleep or something. Is the ship's computer just waiting for me to give it commands? But spikes. Okay, I get it. Spike's interfering. That's fine. Okay. Okay, well, I got a plan. This is pen pal and Stan. Tell the ship's computer uh, that I'm that to 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 that it's this. I'm issuing a temporary order uh, to give Spike control of the ship. Uh, like, uh, hmm, I get a. Okay, tell the ship's computer. Okay, tell the ship's computer. Then I'm going to give uh, temporary control to Spike. Uh, like uh, the moment I walk on the bridge next. Until I, until either 30 minutes go by or I say Saskalula, whichever comes first, to 30 Earth minutes, right? Uh, but any commands I issue to Spike while we're uh, on the bridge... Uh, won't be valid because I, I guess the only thing I'm thinking of is that Spike's wait. We're not going anywhere. Spike's just waiting for someone to find us. Uh, but I think what we'll do is, uh, yeah. So, so I'll be tempted. So if I come on the bridge and I give Spike control, it's not really control. You understand, Stan? Yes. So Spike's in control, uh, starting now. Uh, but, but, uh. Spike won't know it because we're not telling Spike right now. Right, Stan? Yes, kind of. Okay, let's go to the bridge, pen, pen pal. Uh, yeah, just hold on one second. And here we go. Hey, Spike. Hey, Stan. What's up, everybody? Scooter, welcome back. It's, I mean, I need, it's, Stan, I need, like, uh, I just need a sparkling water, extra ice, because I'm feeling hot. Because uh, the sisters are down there, they're they like they, they're putting the board they're putting the board and boarding party down there. They're ready because we don't know what Spike's up to. 
uh, since Spike seized control of the ship, uh, where we're going, every, that's what everybody's worried about. Uh, but I did realize that, uh, like, maybe the problem with, like, uh, getting Spike to give me the soda I want um, is a matter of Spike. Is that a matter of you disliking me? Or I think you've got some weird protocol where you just are not an honest computer. Uh, Scooter, I'm... Uh, okay, anyway, Spike, you don't need to... So... A uh, ship's computer, did, did you turn over also to command, like, command, com, turning command over to Spike uh, so they can get the soda? Because they said that's the main thing I'm irritated about. I don't think I can think straight till I get the slug soda. Okay, Scooter, I receive a command of the ship and the soda, 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 like, uh, ship's powers. Okay, yeah, it's weird that you couldn't, you wouldn't, like, that, uh, I don't know why this, the, the, is there any reason why you couldn't control the soda before? Uh, Scooter, I was just waiting for the right moment. Okay, well, can you brew, brew me up one of those spike ones? I got to finish this one. I got to go down with the sisters because they were like uh, putting, you know, when you, uh, they're like duct taping pillows to themselves, Spike. So I don't know what you got in store for us. Uh, but, uh, you know, I hope that uh, ideally the pillows can stop it with duct tape. Uh, whatever you're getting us into or whatever we're to like, uh, wherever we're headed, uh, uh, but I'll be back and Stan, uh, thanks. This is great, Stan, but keep an eye on that sp spike, uh, slug soda. Okay. Pen pal. I just came out here to, to, to let spikes guard down. Also, uh, I think the safe word was Saskalula, but I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, um, Okay, anyway, I get this. This is part two of my plans. It's, 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 uh, uh, Stan, can, can you hear me with the ice? Okay, Stan can hear us, pen pal. Okay, Stan, you see, have the uh, ship's computer track our destination and, and lock it into some kind of memory. Because um, I guess you won't be able to tell me. Um. Like, so we, uh, let's see, just check with the ship's computer. Is, is, did Spike put in a destination as soon as I left? Yes. Okay, but Spike doesn't know that we know. Um, okay, Stan, can you make sure that's backed up somewhere? Like, you're not plugged in, like, like uh, you, okay, there's, okay, you're safe. Can you, like, back that up somewhere where we can find it, you know, just in case? Yes, okay, so we have the destination. Let me just go peek in on the sisters uh, here. Hey, sisters. Uh, wow, you really look ready for battle. Like anything that, f f f you know, like uh, I'm trying to keep us out of battle, by the way. I'm working hard at it. Uh, also, I don't think, I think we're getting a meetup in space. I think it, like uh, there wasn't a destination originally. We weren't really going anywhere. I found that out. Uh, how did I find that out? Because I'm the quartermaster, the master of all quarters, and there's four quarters on this ship. Uh, or I'm the quartermaster, so things things go through me, including the ship. And uh, so we had no destination. Now we have one, but soon we will have no destination again. Uh, because I'm not allowed about to let us just blunder into anywhere. Actually, I gotta hurry up and get back to the main deck, but I don't want us just blundering in. 
you know, it'd be great if you t- you, you could all get, you know, Gartok and it was just a plan. It was Gartok all alone or whatever conspiracies behind this mess that we're in. It was a, it was a great cloud. That would be terrific, sisters, but that's just not the case. And I hate to be the one to point out ridiculousness, but pillows taken from the ship's lounge. Oh, is that pillow from the quartermaster quarter? Uh, sister. Oof, okay. Uh, well, anyway, why'd you? Anyway, those pillows aren't going to stop anything. And if anybody's watched too many cartoons, sisters, so, I mean, I guess because of the mandatory cartoon watching. Is that where you get some of these ideas from? Okay, no more stand, no more mandatory cartoon watching for the crew. All right, sisters, I'll be back. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go back and you know take care of stuff. Why don't you, uh, ideally, unless something happens in the next four or five minutes, I don't think it will though. Uh, okay, I'll be back. Hey, pen pal, are you still there? Great. Uh, I guess this is like it. This is like almost like a game of telephone, except there was no original message and. So I don't know. I don't. I just was thinking about telephone for some reason, pen pal. I guess it. Uh, anyway, uh, quartermaster on deck here. How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, it's like it was a strange thing that hit me when I left. Is that soda ready? No, it's not ready. Okay, well that's fine because I still have this one soda water here from Stan. So thanks for nothing. Uh, but you know what I thought of when I left, Spike, was the fact that uh, I'm pretty sure you're not in charge of the ship because uh, uh, you, you've been lying to me, like uh, you've been deceiving me, correct? You, you like, Can you answer that now? That uh, Yes, Scooter, I can now that I'm in charge of the ship. Oh, okay. So before that, you weren't in charge of the ship. So, you, but, you, but I don't. I guess I don't understand the strategy there. But you weren't in charge of the ship before, correct, Scooter? You turned control of the ship for me when you uh, decided you wanted some slug soda. Uh, right, but before that, we were just kind of driving around space with no place to go, huh? Uh, correct, Scooter. We were we were without a destination. Okay, well, um, here's some bad news, is that uh, I'm still in charge of the ship. You don't think it would just be so easy to take uh, uh, take over the ship, like just like we just assumed you were in charge of the ship, and then I accidentally turned it over. Oh, you were just buying time until, correct, Scooter, I was buying time, but I no longer need to do that. Well, actually, do, because I can just take control. Like, I'm still in control of the ship, like... Uh, I just temporarily, like, I just, uh, I'm, I'm going to take control of the ship back. Scooter, I'm afraid I can't let you do that. No, 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 you, you can. I have a secret word. So, uh, I'm going to take the ship back in five, uh, four. Scooter, I can't tell if you're bluffing. I'm going to have to delete some things. Oh, you go, uh, hey, go ahead. Are you going to delete some stuff? Oh, boy, I got I to gotta act fast. What is that, uh, pesky... Uh, uh, oh, deleting finished, Scooter. Oh, it says Saskalula. Okay, ship's computer, Stan, uh, ship's computer lock, uh, Spike out of uh, all controls. And, uh, kick Spike out. 
wait, uh, Stan, are you relaying that to the ship's computer? Scooter, I am. Okay, Stan, get back hardwired. Hardwired back. However that works. I don't. Is that nanobots? How do, how do you do that? Uh, Scooter, that's... Uh, the, it's, it's Scooter, I'm hardwired back into the ship. Okay, don't, please don't tell me. Oh, so, oh boy. So, I guess, it did, did Spike manage to delete all the stuff that we would have used to find out what Spike was up to? Scooter Spike did. But, oh yeah, great stand. So, we don't have any way to recover that data. Data. Totally, totally lost, huh? Scooter, he does seem to have uh, eliminated all the da- data. Wow, Spike, you really got us. Uh, it's that's a shame, Scooter. I have uh, eliminated all things. Okay, well, sh- Stan, take control of the ship. Let's uh, take evasive maneuvers and let's do two random jumps, uh, just in case, because I'm pretty sure the original plan was just to, for someone to meet up with us. Normally, I would like to lay in wait, but I think uh, I can't trust Spike. So, Spike, it looks like you're still on the ship, though. Like, uh, like, because uh, I still, there's something about you I just, like, I both dislike and like Spike. Scooter, I wish I could say the same about you. Okay, well, you, you it's better off when you're lying. Um... But I guess I got an idea. Spike, you're pretty strong at stuff, right? Uh, Stan, call down and tell the sisters to leave their clothes on. I mean, leave their clothes on for sure. But you know what I mean, Stan? Scooter, I believe I do. Okay, Spike, I'm going to put you on a dolly here. Oh, Scooter, where are we going? We're going to go downstairs for a little while. We're going to, like, team building, Spike. Uh, uh, Let's go through this door here. Did you see that, Spike? Did you see that? I only have two fingers on this dolly. I think you weigh like about 800 pounds. Scooter, I only know my weight in kilos. Okay, Spike. So anyway, Spike, this will... Did you receive the sensitivity upgrades? Scooter, I did. Okay, so this will actually... uh, You will feel this. Uh, The sisters are going to exercise on you. We're going to do some... Like, you should try to squirt soda on them. Can you aim your soda for uh, comedy purposes? Uh, Scooter, I've never tried. Okay, we'll try to shoot. Oh, thanks. That's funny. That's funny. So, Spike, you sprayed it. I almost dropped a dolly, just so you know, because that's is that the slug? It's like grape, but it's slimy. Holy cow. Scooter, that is the grape. Grape slug. I uh, did. I wonder if I could ever do advertising for them because I could go glug glug glug. I love my grape slugs, you know. Um. Anyway, the, the sisters. Hey, this is Spike. I'm glad you're all still ready. Why don't you do some battle with Spike? Spike, I'll see you later. Have fun, sisters. Okay, Spen pal. That's it. P.S. Um. Spike's, you know, Spike's going to be, uh, you know, the, 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 the Spike will be functioning. Solid state stuff, pen pal. That was almost like a game of tell, tel- that's how the telephone in my brain works, pen pal. You've been receiving calls from it for a while now, and I'll talk to you soon, pen pal. I miss you so. Uh, P.S. Uh, cross my hearts and uh, dot my eyes with hearts. Bye, pen pal. Alright, welcome to another episode of Nuns in Space, our episodic series about nuns in space. 
And if you're new here, episodic means even though the episodes have numbers, like this is nuns in space, like uh, 13 or 14 or 15 or something, uh, it doesn't really matter because you could catch an episode. They don't happen, I'm not sure, sequentially. But, but like each, episode, episode, <laughs> each episode is contained in a, a little sodic, sodic way. So that you can kind of start with, uh, start wherever. And that's why I kind of give this little uh, failed uh, setup that's supposed to be so brief, uh, but so soothing you could sleep right through it. Cause you don't, but, but you could sleep right through the whole thing because it's episodic. You won't miss anything when you listen next week. Uh, but here's yeah here's the uh, here's the things you you if you're saying well come on scoots in order to suspend suspend my disbelief did I say suspend uh, to misspend your disbelief you see you forget about misspent youth I've had some misspent suspension of disbelief especially when Scooter starts talking about it because then he says well wait a second is it suspending my belief or my disbelief and they say. I guess it depends on what you believe and what you disbelieve. And that was why they didn't, you know, that that, that, that was my pitch for the X-Files, of course. Uh, the Alter X-Files, it was going to be, one, you know, anyway, because it's, it's, I think that it was based on disbelief instead of it's suspension of belief versus suspension of disbelief. Oh boy, but this is, this was supposed to be an episodic series, Nuns in Space. Nuns in Space, so it's in space. Circa the future, uh, where there's spaceships and Earth has been exposed to outer the greater universe. I uh, think like Star Trek, um, Battlestar Galactica, uh, Firefly, and then you know, dial it, you know, saying, Well, okay, take some of that, send take some of you know, uh, take the more, uh, the already episodes of those or the, um, you know, something that Burroughs would do with one of those. And you say, okay, so that's that's our show. It's in space, and it's with nuns, the nuns from Scooter's childhood. Scooter's your hero if you, if you need one, or the nuns, you know, if you're, uh, you know, if, if you like order. And Scooter's right-hand sidekick, best friend, and uh, most sympathetic character is not a human being at all, but a... A freestyle soda machine and software interface stan, and then the ship is crewed by the nuns from Scooter's childhood. If you need to know the backstory in that, you could listen to the pilot episodes, but you don't need to. It's the nuns from Scooter's childhood, as far as we're concerned, in this episodic format or episodic format, you know, because it's soda machine, uh, it's episodic format, boom, boom. And they travel through space. Each episode, they go through. They're in search of the, the uh, ship of the lost ship, the Nichez, which contains some sort of essential information for the nun's mission to save the universe. But there's no ticking clock on that. So they're in search of the Nichez. So they're following strings of delusion. Scooter's good at uh, following strings of delusion through the universe, hoping one of these strings will lead them to the Nichez. In each episode, they're uh, doing that, and uh, I guess that's it. You know, middle, beginning, and end, all in one lulling, soothing package. And here to introduce our show, as late as it can be, is uh, uh, Sir 
Antonio Banderas. My friends, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a sir. I'm not, I'm, I'm no sir. As uh, ladies, could you believe that? Uh, yeah, we don't, we're not talking. Oh, my friend. Uh, as the uh, ladies, the uh, gentlemen, uh, the boys and the girls and the friends beyond the binary. And oh boy, is that word it means so much to me, my friends, beyond the binary. It's time for another episode of the nuns in a space. The nuns in space. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you. Thank you so much. You give you, you thanks. I have actually have a string of uh, lightly used LED Christmas lights for you as a reward. Oh, my friend. It, are they the ones that are still up from last year? Yeah, you could pick one of those and just take them with you. Thanks. Uh, happy, happy, you know, oh, my friend, into you and yours. The nuns in space. All right, nuns in space, everybody. Uh, hey, pen pal, it's me. You, you, I guess it, it we feel, oh, dear pen pal, I forgot. Sorry, pen pal, I thought I forgot I was going to do that. Instead of awkwardly trying to figure out how to start it, I said, well, I'm going to start it, dear pen pal. Uh, dear pen pal, it's your buddy in space. This may be the first time I've communicated with you all post-haste. I, I, post-haste actually is a good description for this uh, message I'm sending to you. Uh, but first, I got a couple of questions for you, pen pal. When I say the words neon, do you do you think of anything? Or does do you say what? I mean, I know that happens a lot probably, pen pal, with these messages. Because, you know, I can't be there. So you can read my body language and look into my eyes. You know, like the telephone that other time we were talking about it. Uh, but I don't know if I say, when I say neon, it means anything to you. Because soon it will. Don't worry, Ben Pal. And then I don't know if I say neon versus LED. Uh, what you would say. If you would say LED, Pen Pal, don't say it to me, please. Because neon occupies... Oh, I should say neon sign. Sorry about that, pen pal. Or neon light, not just neon. Because maybe that's what you breathe where you are. Or, you know, somehow you're in a... Uh, pen pal, I know you can't answer this, but I wish someone was here to... Is neon, is neon's a gas, right? I think it's like argon. I know argon. I think argon might be in neon. Oh, boy, pen pal. Anyway, pen pal, neon, where I am... That's where I, where I, where I am... Oh, pen pal. Where my head is right now, pen pal, is in the past. I'm sorry, but there was a time on Earth where there was a heyday of neon. Then there was the neon nostalgia. And then there was the, like, there was the day of cheap signs. And then the cheap signs, like, faux neon. Then there was the rise of the LEDs. Now, luckily, before Earth was totally, like, uh, we were exposed to outer space before neon. But neon are two, I think they're glass tubes that made into science. Coolest thing ever, pen pal. Check it out. Uh, Also, I believe neon was discovered by one Claude Neon. I learned that from, uh, again, I'm not sure if you listen to other podcasts. Did you you listen to my podcast from Earth, uh, pen pal? 
If not, look up and see if you can get access to 99% invisible percent. I, I think I mumbled there, pen pal. Pen pal percent. 100% pen pal. But this show's called 99% Invisible. And they have Roman Mars. You know, the, that's that's kind of like spacey. That's a spacey name. I mean, in your, you know, in your uh, solar system. And then you had Avery Truffleman did they they did this report on the neon sign on the Tribune Tower in Oakland, and then they talked about neon, Claude neon, and I like what, what am I messing around with? I love neon signs, and that's why I'm here to tell you. Believe it or not, I think I'm not the only one. That's what I've learned. All on the outer reaches of space, pen pal. Oh, also, remember when I ran into that plant? Did you did you hear about that one? That's like uh, with the, the thistles. That 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 clear that that got cleared up. Uh, you know, at a medical station, of course. Uh, but don't don't let people tell you that this. You know, thistles. Who needs them? That's what I say. After that, I didn't record anything about that pen pal. But just in case they did, like years from now. Like, I have a thistle-related flare-up, I want you to know. I guess I, it probably it won't help because these won't be organized. So if you can picture a neon sign, Spen Pal, now would be a good time to do so, even if they're just beer signs, even if you don't have access in your brains. Do you have one two, one or two brains, Pen Pal? Wait, just kidding. I'm just kidding, Pen Pal. I mean, not really, because I don't know. I mean, you could be a hive. I don't know. Maybe that would be interesting. Can you? That would be pretty cool, pen pal. If you're like a hive mind, are you still pen pal, or is it my pen pals, pen pallies? Can I call you pen pallies? If if anyway, I got to get back to the story. Pen pals. Sorry, pen pals of mine, which is also just a pen pal. Here's the thing, pen pals. If you are a hive mind, you know, share the world, share the universe. This little thing, like you don't see bee, like like you know, there's other hive things or ants on Earth, and they said, hey, uh, you know, or maybe just stay small. Then we could anyway, pen pal. Not time to talk about hives. We're talking about neon signs. Also, there's a song. I believe it was by Tesla. Maybe the only song and then on Earth that name there was Nikola. This isn't related to Nikola Tesla, or oh, that was Testa, not Tesla. And then Musky Poo. I don't know if it, it, that's a Tesla. Testa Tesla. Hmm. Okay, it's got some. But anyway, there was a band about with a song about signs everywhere. There. One time I was at a party. One of my friends sang that song. It was good. But so we were just out on, we weren't really on a mission, Pen Pal, but we were out there in space looking around, you, per, per the usual, uh, you know, poking around, trying to find stuff. And hey, what, what, uh, what, 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 what could I tell you? But uh, my brain started blinking. And you might, you say, that's why I told you about the neon signs ahead of time to try to give you something to grasp onto. Uh, but yeah, of all things, we, we, we didn't have a destination. We were like, we, I was, you know, going on a gut instinct to go to the next nearest, you know, closest, uh, solar system. And then further away, I sensed, I said, my brain's brain, I didn't say my brain's brain, blink, blinking. Maybe I did though. 
But it started, some start blinking in my brain, um, blinking steadily. It felt like a red light that was blinking in my brain. Not an alert light. I mean, a light to get your attention, but not like hurry up and get my attention. Just blink. And, and then, you know, I didn't want to tell anyone just in case it was, you know, because, cause, you know, I didn't want anybody. But so then I told Stan. And I said, hey, Stan, let's head towards, uh, you know, since I'm in charge, quartermasters, you know, I said, head towards head towards these coordinates. And then I started looking out the, the, uh, the you know, the window thing, the observation forward deck. Uh, and I, I was looking where I thought, and then I started seeing blinking. I don't think I was visually seeing it. I was thinking I was sensing it. And as I looked in space, I said, I, I think I, I'm seeing a vague out. Like, like it, it wasn't one blinking. Then it felt like a, a blinking object or something. And of course, the sisters were, you know, chattering among themselves or under their breath or passively, aggressively saying, wonder why. And they, they, usually they talk about me indirectly. They say, sister, did you ever own, this is them talking to each other. Did you ever own a dog? Oh, this, but this isn't true. They're just talking. I had this one dog. It would sit and stare at the porch, and I thought it was waiting for me to come home. But it was really just staring, you know, and then they'd say something. they make a, like, a global statement about my self-worth. I guess that's not true, about their opinions of my worth. Anyway, so then I said, hey, the, the, but then I knew that. So I said, well, can you can go, go fire up the optics? And they said, we don't need to fire up the optics. And I said, are they polished? And they said, they're polished. They, they don't like my optic jokes. Uh, too close or something. I said, zoom in. It'll be funnier. And they said, and, and they said they're polished when they're made. And I said, prepare the optics for the quarter commander. That's, a, you know, the, the, when I get, so, then I said, that's an order. And they said, what is it right away? You know, you can't mess around with orders because I could just, you know, say, hey, cap off the ship. So then I said, train the optics. And then I think it was, uh, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. But she said, I see there's something, there's there's some sort of strange light, light, uh, and then they they were chattering. And they said, it doesn't look like it's coming from a sun. It could be a strange... Is it, and then they checked with the computer, is there ever a sun shaped like because we were like, is that a parallelogram? What is that? And then they were getting strange colors, and then they they, they said, is it, they said, I said, it's calling to me. I'm not positive it's delusion or not, because I didn't really feel a strong pull of delusion. But when your brain's blinking, and then you discover it's not within your brain, but without it, you could should better follow that could be a lead and i was uh, it was a distance off you know it was going to take us a while to get there and i didn't want to do any jumping because they're leaping whatever you call the technology things and don't want to lose track i say you know because we didn't have we only had an approximate destination uh because you said well geez how fast is that you know it's a this is you know approximation we didn't know exactly where we're going we're following this blinking objects and you know with the high-powered object optics it also can you know because things appeared closer than they really were 
So it was a little bit, and then finally it started to come into focus as we were going there. And I got to tell you, pen pal, like, uh, I won't like slowly put it into focus for you, but soon it was became the clear, I guess in a con in unbelievably confusing, I mean, not confusing, just ha what the heck kind of thing. And again, I did, can't say right now if it was neon, but it was a giant neon sign. May, may or may not be, ne like, you know, huge. Uh, I mean, one of the sisters is good at math, and she couldn't even figure it out. And it was blinking, and then as it came in, it was like a fee I don't know what they call those, feature b b b b sign. And it, it showed a, a pirate ship, or like a wooden ship, uh, You'll have to Google that pen, pal. And that would blink twice and then hold. And then blink, blink, two sails, blue sails would appear. And then blink, blink, water waves would appear at the base of the ship. And then it would be animated. So the sail, the front sail and the back water would, like it looked like the water and the sails were moving. And then it got even cooler. Then it looked like the ship sank. Uh, and then blink, a chest appeared, a giant chest, a, you know, treasure chest. And then that blinked, and then it opened, and then there was gold. And then the gold would go blink, 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 blink. And all the sisters were Twitter about that. And then it all, then it like uh, also there was, then it changed, the sign changed. For a while, it was just a, just a treasure ship or a pirate ship. Then it would blink and it would show three, I don't know if they're paper dolls, like, uh, it was like, a, like almost like the things you'd see on Earth, on the bathroom doors on Earth, like, a, like it looked like a woman, a man, and a child all holding hands. I call it paper dolls because you, cause you used to cut those out. Like you could cut them out of paper and they'd be holding hands. I don't know if that's called a paper doll, pen pal. Uh, but symbols of a man, a woman, and a child. And that would blink a few times. And the child was in the middle. Then it would blink, and it would be the man and the child. Then it would blink again, and it would be just the man. And then it would blink, blink, blink. And then that one would fade away. The man would fade away. And, you like, uh, this, of course, all sisters turned and stared at me. And, uh, you know, I, did, I literally twiddled, twiddled my thumbs and I said, what? And then the sh I said, ship's back. And then, uh, and again, Pimpel, I don't want to like worry you about space if you haven't been out to the outer reaches of outer space, but things can happen. Like you always wonder, and I guess you maybe just don't get any ship with me. That might be, but, but don't do that. You know, if we're pen pals, we'll have a lot in common or we'll know each other. If If you send me any messages, I mean... Uh, but the sisters and I, we actually had something to talk about these signs. You know, of course, they were pestering me. What do you think that's, you know, and then they got passive. What do you think that second sign is about? But then we were talking about symbols. And because it took forever, like I said, we couldn't calculate how far it was, how big the signs were. Uh, but we know we have communication issues on our ship. So there was like, oh, it's so much easier to communicate by sign and get your point across. It's less conflict and uh, more direct. And so then we started, we played charades, first of all. And then again, I don't know if there was some sort of uh, interfer brain interference going on or we just thought this was a great idea. 
But we stopped communicating with words and we started communicating with symbols. I mean, the plane was on, I mean, the ship, the plane was on, you know, autopilot more or less. So we were mostly doing it about food or somebody had to go to the bathroom or, you know, joking. It was really lighthearted. But it, we just stopped talking, and we but we were communicating like we never had before. And even Stan and Spike got into it. I mean, Spike was downstairs. Uh, so I ran down, and I said, Spike, we're communicating by symbols now. And then I waved bye-bye. I think that was probably not nice, but... Uh, and then I, got a, I did get a soda, though. But And then... Uh, so Stan was communicating with symbols... And we were really getting excited because then, like, then it came in. We didn't need the optics anymore, and we were seeing the sign was actually coming through the atmosphere of the planet. I mean, this is impressive. I don't know. Again, it, then we were speculating, uh, like, if it, again, this was hard because we were doing it by gestures. But I think they were saying projection, you know, like, are we projecting meaning into the signs? Are we interpreting meaning? Is there having emotional impact on us? You know, because the sisters were say, taking the, the uh, you know, the ship in the treasure as a metaphor for what they, you know, that, that, that uh, maybe the Niches, maybe we'll get some answers. And then whatever the other one was, they said, you know, that's, you know, my, and they said, well, maybe that's a metaphor for the ship. You know, you're, 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 uh, you know, you're, 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 you're making me fade away. You're chill, chill, do something. And they said, it doesn't make sense. This was all an interpretive act, though. Also, I think they were doing liturgical dance. And I said, stop that, please. Say, don't, that, that's, uh, that's not, that's that's more uh, avant-garde. I said if if we're going to communicate by symbols and and things, we need it to be direct. I thought, and they actually gave me a thumbs up. I said, oh, and then a okay, and just okay. I don't know what a okay is, but so anyway, at some point we got close, and the sign got bigger and bigger. It was also impressive, and I don't know if at a distance the atmosphere, but then we had to travel through the atmosphere, and it got really, get five, I mean, uh, whatever, low visibility. And we were, we were trying to find, uh, you know, we did the scans, there was the life signs. Uh, there was, like, uh, I don't know, I guess, pen panel, I don't always, if Stan says it's okay, you know, I guess I put, put, put some degree of blind faith in Stan. And plus, at that point, we weren't communicating, so Stan w was just doing a lot of thumbs up, like, I guess emojis. Penpal, do you? I didn't think about that, but I, I guess, like, uh, I guess this would be a waste of time if you prefer to be, communicate by emoji or symbols. Emojis were symbol. I guess that's a symbol. I didn't even realize that, Penpal, till now. Ideally, maybe I, I would prefer LEDs over emojis, and neon. I would take a neon sign of a emo, of an emoji. If you did emojis and neon signs, Ben Pal, that would be fine with me. Uh, if they were an LED, I'd prefer one or the other, but definitely prefer. But anyway, so we go into the atmosphere, and Stan's trying to find, and then I, I said, "Okay, I'm detecting some delusion." And we were drifting around and avoiding, you know, bumping into stuff, you know, but Stan's good at that and the computer. 
And then we saw a neon sign of a spaceship, so we followed that. It was like almost like a again. It's hard to tell what's animated and what's moving. So we followed that sign, and we went into some sort of like a, a tube tunnel or something. You know, I didn't know if that was like a transport way. Uh, but like, uh, after we started following that ship and then there was like, uh, smiley faces again, it was a bit like it, but, but the weird thing was pen pal, uh, that at first we wondered, you know, what are we doing again? We just said, what are, you know, with our hands and our shoulders, but I'll tell you what, what the amazing thing was like when the signs would blink. So there was like a spaceship, uh, I think there was nuns. I guess I don't know. A lot of times it was like so dreamy. There was definitely happy, happy people, which I said, well, then maybe that's for me. He said, those people seem happy and smiling. But when the signs would blink, pen pal, uh, it really had to, like, like it had this, emo like, I don't know if it was the blinking that made us aware of the emotional impact. I think that was it. Or, it increased the emotional impact. Uh, really hard to have a nuanced conversation like this via charades. Uh, but I think it was like the signs would blink and before they changed into something else or another sign replaced it. Uh, but uh, like we just kept following signs. But So I guess I would, I figured, I posited that uh, when the sign goes off, we lose our emotional connection to what the sign was showing us. And then it blinks back on, and then we're aware of how good it felt to have a symbol. Oh, these were all hopeful symbols. Uh, so then you say, "Well, boy, that feels good," but it didn't. It already felt good. You just didn't know it felt good because, until it blinked off for a second. Maybe I don't know. Like I did that once for the nuns, and they said snuffleupagus, and they said, "No, no, no." You know, I was shaking my head. No, no, no. This is Snuffleupagus, and they said, no, 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 no. They, they said, what are you doing? Like a fuzzy elephant. But it, it does, that doesn't make any sense, Pen Pal, even to me. But we kept following these signs, and we were all feeling really good. And we were, I mean, for the most part, other than some small difficulties in communication and, and, and uh, I guess, like overthinking and... I guess maybe this here's a, here's a new question too, pen pal. Do words make me overthink? You know who who knows. But uh, so we were following signs and like I guess that was it. Like uh, and I guess I was a little bit checked out. You know the glow of the neon, especially with my relationship with it. And then I was like, are these neon with, here's an idea, pen pal, please patent this if it hasn't been done. Why not put LEDs inside of neon lights, pen pal? Uh, not to be cheap, though. Not to say, well, now we don't need any neon gas or argon. No, 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 no. You know, double it up. And I guess they should ask Stan to run a neon check. Uh, but also I was doing some, Claude, like, Claude Neon... I just think that's a f outstanding name. So I, I guess I don't know why I was pretending to be Claude Neon, but then also now like I got an incredible soda thirst. And, you know, I did, did, did developed a certain taste for some of Spike's soda, so I went downstairs, 
And Spike was blinking a grouchy face, and I assume that was because I let. And I said, "Okay, Spike, uh, you know, purple slug number seven uh, with you know uh, a pip floater." And then uh, you know I, I was going for a big. I was really thirsty. And then I went to slug it down, purple, and it was it was warm, no ice. And you know, I have a thing with Spike. I say, you know, surprise me with the ice, but make sure it's the right balance. You know, and Spike is a freestyle soda machine. It knows, and I don't need to know if it's thirty three percent ice or twenty two percent. That's not my job. I'm not a freestyle soda machine. And, you know, crushed, you know, I think it's like if you had crushed ice every day, you'd get sick of it. That's what I tell Spike. Or, you know, a cube or, uh, yeah, it just still haven't got Spike to do any oblong uh, things. Or, you know, the circles with the holes in them, whatever. Uh, but there was no ice. And to, let me tell you, warm purple slug soda, even with the bib floater, uh, you spat it out. And then I was communicating my displeasure to Spike by pantomime, you know, like WTF, bro. Like this is nasty as nasty could be. And like, uh, like really, really. Uh, and then I was even more thirsty. And I figured Stan was busy. You know, I didn't want to bother Stan. Plus Stan doesn't have Pib. So I went upstairs and... Uh, and Stan was making a grouchy face. So then I was making a grouchy face, like totally, you know, this is what I was saying. I said totally, like a gross soda. Uh, and then Stan was was doing something about hot stuff. And then Stan's like showing, like, and then I realized I was sweating. I was like, holy cow, you're right, Stan. I'm so hot. Uh, and then Stan like uh, saying something about stopping the ship. And then I said, can you stop it? Can you get some ice? Is there ice around here? Cause Stan didn't have any ice either. And then that made sense. Cause it was so hot. And then I was like, uh, and as soon as the ship stopped moving, uh, like at first the sisters didn't realize it. I think they were kind of caught up in the lights. Cause at this point we're in this like crazy, I can't explain it. Pen pal. But, like, these tubes of light, uh, like, uh, signs and very psychedelic and too cool. Also doesn't stick in the memory very good because I don't, I, I don't want to try to describe it. I'd be making it up. Also, this was one of the times my irritability got in the way because I was just really mad about the warm soda. So I was missing, like, the big light show. But so we stopped the ship and... Uh, like, Stan was trying to, like, Stan was, Stan, as good as Stan is, like, I said, just show me some words, dude, because he was, like, uh, like, stupid warning symbols. I said, who does, I said, like, uh, I think they were soda machine warning symbols. And I said, your soda's boiling? And then, actually, this really, then Stan said, yes. And I said, what? And, the, and then I, finally, I said, all right, Stan, t let's communicate by words, because I, and then I, cause I said, I'm so mad. I got to tell you about this slug. So I had a hot slug soda. I mean, it was purple. I said, Mr. Pib doesn't taste good hot. And I said, I wonder with a cherry, like a cherry pib flo floater though. And then Stan, pay attention. 
And they said, what's going on? And then I said, holy cow, I'm hot. Now that I'm talking, I just realized how really hot I am. And Stan said, the ship's overheating. And I said, I said, wow, you for sure it is. I said, what's the, uh, w- what's happening? And Stan said, friction. And I said, I had to stop, you know, and think, okay. I said, what do you, friction, how, friction where? And then Stan said, on the exterior hull of the ship is, uh, this atmosphere is frictious or highly frictious or something. I don't know the exact language. Uh, but you know, a whole lot of frick, a whole lot of friction going on. Fricking lot of friction, if you don't mind me saying, pen pal. And I said, really? I said, it's so like, uh, and then I said, what's, what's the, what's the damage? And Stan said to the ship, no, none, you know, just some, some, you know, some of the organics are off, you know, ice and soda, uh, other life forms. And I said, what do you mean other life forms? And Stan said, well, if you didn't stop the ship, you know, you would have, you, 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 you know, he said, it's so hot. He goes, yeah, but the temperature was still increasing. And I said, wait a second, wait a second. We were about to, like, uh, overheat the inside of the ship so that there would be no more organics on the ship. And Stan said, exactly. And then I said, then what would have happened? And Stan said, well, you wouldn't have been able to give me a command and Stan said, I don't think I could override the command because you would have expired. So the ship would have just kept going. And at the current rate, it was, it sounded like it would have taken like a couple. I said, that's a really quality. I said, like it would have taken years for the ship to not work anymore. And they said, Stan, can you map out like, uh, like, uh, uh, we said, okay, don't move, obviously. And then at some point, the sisters realized we weren't moving. And they said, what's going on? And, and then look, so occasionally I can think fast, uh, pen pal. And I said, I, I said, something's weird with Spike. Spike's trying to overheat the soda. Like, uh, I said, I said, go down there. I said, because Spike doesn't like signs other than frowny faces. Uh, so then the sisters went down below decks and then, you know, said Stan locked them out and, you know, you know, to, to be, you know, tell Spike to enter a protective state. And then I just, you know, then I slowly, I barely came to, I said, okay, then I was so hot. And I said, can we, how, how are we going to cool down? And Stan said, by not moving, you know, we'll cool down. And, you know, she, she, it didn't cool down fast enough for me, pen pal. And I said, okay, Sam, I said, what do you think's happening? And Sam said, I don't know. You're the, you know, you're the quartermaster. And I said, do a scan of the area. And we were, we were still in a tube. And like, uh, Stan said there was technology on the outside of the tube or something. I don't know. And I said, well, scan the inside of the tube since we're in it, Stan. Holy. I mean, sometimes these, I mean, it's just, just, just a software interface. Stan's not listening right now, by the way, pen pal. Uh, but, and so then Stan said, well, I've seen a couple of, uh, you know, chunks of metal or something. I said, okay, let's go. And then I said, go slow so we don't do friction, you know, get too much friction. As soon as we started moving the signs, you know, all the sign technology came back on.
And, you know, I said, okay, I don't believe, you know, I only believe in if I see words, I'll do something, but I'm not going to, but the symbols, they still were pulling at my heartstrings. Uh, but I, you know, I just went to the place where I don't feel, so I said, okay, Stan, I'll just, only words. Uh, I think someone sang that song too, more than words, uh, same time they sang signs. And then, uh. As we pulled up on this one chunk of metal, I said, Stan, scan that thing. And he said, okay, well, it's a melted melted something. And we got up next to it. And I said, well, what do you think it is, Stan? Stan said, it's a melted spaceship, you know. And then, you know, quickly, you pen pal, I know you're you're swift. So it's like clearly this ship was doing the same thing we were doing. And I said, you know, check it for carbon scoring, Stan. Stan said, what does that mean? I said, never mind, that's from a movie. But I said, is there carbon on, you know, what happens to, wouldn't there be carbon on the ship? And Stan said, you're right, there is. So there could have been organic matter flying the ship. Uh, But at some point it melted down and then it stopped moving. And now it's just kind of floating in this tube. And he said, oh, so we're weightless in here. And Stan said, more or less a low-gravity situation. And then I said, Stan, scan the ship to see if anything else is missing. Like, uh, you know, and then Stan, you know, Stan and the computer, they started going through the records, identified what class of ship it was, and figured out some other stuff. And then they figured out, and then they figured out that, uh, there was one kind of metal, like, missing from the hall. And I said, okay, okay. And Stan said, well, what do you think? And I said, I think we're, uh, uh, we could have been in big trouble, Stan, if it wasn't for that purple slug soda that was so gross I couldn't drink it. And you, Stan, of course, your aces, aces. And Stan said, well, lay it on me. I mean, Stan didn't really say that, but if Stan was more dramatic, Stan would have said, lay it on me. What do you think? And then the sisters, they wanted, they just kept calling. Like, that was one of the things, if the options for this ship that they couldn't override. So they just kept calling, calling, calling. I said, fine, let them on, let them on, let them out, let them in on the, on the bridge. And they said, why are we headed towards the treasure ship, uh, you know, a whole whole nine yards? And I said, I was in the middle of making an intelligent point. Now I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh, I said, you know what, we're, we're, and then they didn't, you know, they didn't, they, they they were all doing that by pantomime. So when I was talking to them, they were just staring at me and giving, signing, making, not, not sign language, but symbols back at me, expressing their displeasure. Oh, you might ask, why? How were they calling? They just kept pressing buttons like uh, beep bork, beep bork, and then they would hang up and call back. Just the calling part, you know, that drives me nuts. Uh, so then, pen pal, I had to drop in, like I had to drop some liturgical dance on them. Now I don't know if you know what liturgical dance is, but don't Google it, pen pal. And it's not. I'm not here to make you know ju- make a judgment of it. It's just a. Uh, it's like a slow moving dance for liturgy, for uh, different uh, Christian religions. I don't know if other religions use it, but I, they did it occasionally at Catholic school, have liturgical dancers. And since the sisters had done some, I did this dance because they said it was more interpretive. Uh, 
because they really wanted to know what was with the paper dolls and all the symbols that were meant for me, you know, that I'm avoiding talking to about pen pal that had the emotional resonance for me. And I'll tell you, pen pal, I made up a total, I guess this is like, it wasn't in a, like a religious context, uh, but I use liturgical dance to weave a fake story of woe for the sisters uh, about, you know, lost everything, you know, so because I didn't want to, you know, I'm vulnerable enough with them. They don't need to know my most uh, the secrets where I hide my love away or whatever you want to call it. So also because I've gotten to know the sisters, I led up to the climax of the story. And then I did like, I went straight into the more, like, uh, like sometimes you'd use better symbols, you know, to, to, to get, get them, you know, the different harder points of the story. And then I would do just a little bit like if you ever listen to my earth podcast, uh, I was doing liturgical meander, liturgical dance meanders. And like after a while they get on their nerves cause I'd be doing like a listening and they'd be listening to what, uh, and they were getting mad. And finally they get so irritated that I wouldn't get to the climax, uh, that they started communicating by words again, which was, you know, and which was a mixed bag, I'd say pen pal, uh, when they started to yell, you know, t- talking to me in, in, in a, louder than conversation voice and going on and on and on and on and on and on. And then finally I said, they said, well, what is, they said, okay, forget all that. And they said, uh, but then they also had this, uh, like, uh, their eyes were, uh, their eyes were a little glossy, like that, that, that the story they knew, uh, that, uh, I mean, the story was pretty aligned, but different than what it was really the signs were about. And I'm not going to tell you either, pen pal. Uh, so then, you know, I think they they, 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 they they had some, you know, they said, oh, we feel a little bit bad at this particular moment. You know, who knows how long that'll last. And then they said, like, they said, well, what's going on? And then, unfortunately, this is pen pal. I didn't I haven't set this up, but unfortunately, I did have a neon sign. This is like a heartbreaking thing. Uh, but I did have a neon sign on the the deck that said court like over over my like the quartermaster quarters. That says quartermaster quarters. I had that made on a planet, you know, that makes custom neon signs because they still want to know what's going on. So I took the quartermaster sign while it's plugged in. You know, just orange neon or red neon, and it didn't blink like this planet did. But I smashed the quartermaster quarter sign on it. I wanted a blinking heart, you know, that would only blink, you know. But there's only one time I needed that anyway, with that goddess woman who was just using me anyway, uh, so that we would run errands for or whatever. Uh, but that was the only time I would have had the heart blinking. You know, if the heart's blinking. I mean, I just tell the nuns stay out of the quartermaster quarters in general. But so I smashed the sign and they said, what is, what's going on? And I said, this is, we're in a Venus flytrap, a neon Venus sign flytrap. And they said, you know, that took for, it took forever to explain pen pen, but I know you understand. So I had, but I had to explain it to them. He said, well, like, this, you see this ship here? 
like the sign called us in with its that was a lure uh, and i said i don't know if this is an evolutionary or technological evolution you know organic or technological evolution uh but i said that's what happened and then the, the sh- something in this uh superheats the ship so it creates the sign and at the same time the certain kind of metal i i forget which one or element i don't you know pen pal me and elements I get so boring, you know, but, but they said that they, they, they think they said we're both serving as a lure for the next ship. And because I said, we're making it like a dragon pattern right now. I've been, tra- we've been mapping it. And I said, I, well, the weirdest thing is our ship is giving off a green glow. But I think as the, whatever this cadmium or whatever gets deteriorated, they said there's probably an organic being either in the, maybe this organic gas being or they're harvesting this material. Who knows? Uh, but as long as we don't pay, you know, and I had to like close all the things so we couldn't see any signs. I, like, uh, anyway, because I knew the, you know, this was during the liturgical dance part. Uh, but he says, as long as we don't move, you know, or, or go fast, we won't. But they said we got to figure out a way out of here. And they said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, you know, I said, I got an idea. And this was a little bit like, so this took some teamwork because uh, we have, we had this big hulking other ship there. And uh, like, so I said, okay, I got, I got an idea. And I said, we're going to teach this, like this one section of this planet a lesson and so what we did was, you know, it involved welding and stuff, but we took some parts, some scrap off of that ship. That we Also, we made sure, clearly, we made sure it wasn't in the chest, but I already knew that. And then we took off some parts off that ship, and pal, and we, we made, uh, like, not like hood ornaments, but bigger, like of a... Of a of like a paper doll, but like a paper doll with the pointy... Uh, did I mention at some points that the one of the paper, the male paper doll had a dunce cap a few times, Ben pal. So we had a male paper doll with a dunce cap, with the dunce cap pain, like uh, pointing out. And then the uh, pirate ship, but with the, the uh, two masts. And so we put the, we, we created a metal like that and put it on the front of the ship. Two se- it looks really sweet to pen pal. I mean, usually wood ornaments are sticking straight up, or these are sticking straight out. But this is a spaceship, you know. It doesn't up and down is a different story. I mean, but who else is rolling in a spaceship with a, a paper dial with a dunce cap and a pirate ship on it, on the hood? And then we just ra- rammed the side of the freaking uh, tube, and it broke. I mean, well, it back up a few times. And then actually, like, we did generate some, what do you call that, friction. Not too much, but hot enough that it, uh, we smashed right through. And then we broke out and got out of the atmosphere. And never, like, we couldn't, you know, this is one of these situations you can't look back because then the signs would trick you, you know. I mean, I did look back, uh, but, uh, uh. And it was, you know, that's like that's how you know, though. It said quartermaster quarters with a heart. Um, but you know, it's a pen pal. I still had that. Like the good thing was, I had that taste of purple slug soda in my mouth. So it's like, uh, 
warm. So I'll never drink that again, unfortunately. Uh, ice is still uh, being generated. But yeah, so it said quartermaster quarters with the heart. The heart was blinking. So somewhere on, uh, what do you call that? A bit like, uh, like that planet, whatever, Venus flytrap, a neon planet or whatever, you know, there's quartermaster. I mean, I guess not. Like, that's what they want me to think. And I guess they picked the wrong sign initially. They must read your brain or something. But if they would have picked that sign earlier, we would have been toast, you know. If they would have had, like, uh, you know, like the champagne and, you know, people's clothes, you know, neon clothes disappearing. Uh, but, you know, they can't, they they thought that they, they, were going, they were shooting for my heart and my gut instead of uh, more effective regions. So we get out of there, pen pal, and now I've noticed the sisters, uh, they think they know me better. I mean, I guess probably they, like, because uh, I don't know if they took my story, my liturgical dance story, word for word. But I guess there wasn't any words, so maybe they found the truth in my emotions, about my emotions. Huh, I didn't think about this till now, pen pal. I thought I was fooling them. Like, I was telling them a story about a lost wagon. Um, which, you know, I did that by dance and how the lost red wagon story. Um, but maybe they know, I don't know, but they think they know me better. And actually, I think they're a tiny, tiny bit nicer to me. Um, uh, or maybe that because they know I'm searching the universe, I guess, like, I could, well, I don't want to think about that too much, because we're really just searching for the Niches. So anyway, Pimp, I'll talk to you soon, and uh, yeah, keep you know, keep keep the neon lights on for me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Nuns in Space, our episodic series of Scoots and Nuns in Space, much like a show, you know, a space type TV show. In a future not that far from here, where Earth is exposed to outer space. Uh, Scoots is on a spaceship, a smaller, you know, not a space, well, spacecraft, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but out in space with the nuns from Scooter's childhood. And they're in search, they're searching the galaxy for the Niches. I think their ship's the Monte Carmelo. They're searching for the Niches. Following strings of delusion, the only clues that guide them throughout outer space. Each episode... They're following a string of delusion or Scooter's just being delusional and trying to find the Niches. Each episode, episodically, they continue their mission. Also on the ship is Scooter's best friend and the soda, freestyle soda machine and uh, software interface, Stan. And that's a, that's our ongoing series. And in space, you can start it wherever and, uh, you know, pick it up and, uh, yeah. And then here's our, well, my friend, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the boys, the girls and the friends beyond the binary. Ace your friend Antonio saying, uh, hello. Uh, it's time for another episode of the nuns in a space, yeah, it's a nonsense space. Oh, my friend, you look great. Uh, it's good to see you. Oh, uh, thanks, Antonio. You look, uh, 
uh, amazing as always. Okay, I gotta go. Okay, you're gonna go see, hang out with Ray. Is Muskie over there? Uh, we gotta go. I'll talk to you later. Uh, there's some nuns in space. Thanks, Antonio. Hey, Pen Bell, it's me. Uh, don't believe any of those rumors you're hearing. I mean, if you're hearing any rumors about me, like uh, they say, you're not Pen Pal with the guy that got his hand caught in that thing. And, you know, they caused that. They said implosion. It didn't, what, nothing imploded. I mean, there was some shrinkage to that part of the. Anyway, Pen Pal, it's just a rumor. Uh, but anyway, uh, speaking of not rumors, uh, Pen Pal, you know, sometimes I like to introduce you to, I don't know if it's literature, but stories that had a huge impact on me, oh, Pen Pal. And there was one of the great years of English class I had with Mr. Stabnik, who was a great teacher, even though, unfortunately, I think I, 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 was, I became a terrible student, not this year, but later. And I still have to make amends for that. But it, one of the greatest teachers I ever had. And I don't know which of the great uh, textbook conglomerates made the textbook that year, but they had great stories in there, like Walter Mitty, uh, To Build a Fire, and uh, this one, Pen Pal, the, the most, the most, almost, you know, the, the game that was dangerous. I tried to, the most dangerous game is what it was called. Uh, but there was no danger with when when we read this. Only light in our eyes. Is I don't know if we were freshmen in high school. Probably too definitely older than than you would think by our actions. But this tale set off more videos. We made more movies. Uh, some I was not even in, which I wasn't happy. But I said, "Why'd you shoot a, a most dangerous game movie when I wasn't there?" Uh, but one of those movies you just we just loved remaking over and over again. Never quite got it right, but my friend Charlie's house. Actually, I don't even know. I think I was in one of them. But anyway, uh, you know, the dreams dreams really do come true, pen pal. Because uh, do I have a story tangentially related to that for you? Uh, in the post post haste form, because you just get through this little uh, situation. A couple of things you remember that time. I don't know if you did. I, did I tell? I don't know if I told you about this pen pal. But dear pen pal, I love upgrading the ship, even though it's not mine. As quartermaster, I have you know certain. I, I can I, I can manage the purchases and stuff, especially when I say, well, this is going to make the ship better, and it's a good deal. And okay, okay, I'll pay for it. Uh, that always works. Though the sisters there's feelings about me are so uh, that usually they still they, they they you know they have that thing where they don't want me to get my way or they think why would you need that on a ship? Doesn't that cause drag? And they'd say no, there's, there's no friction in space that I know about. Of course, maybe there is though. Maybe. It's it's for stability, exactly. Uh, but oh boy, pen pal, did, like uh, did, did my timing work out great? Cause I had upgraded the sleeping chambers. Okay, pen pal, this is gonna be a tough one because I don't know when you're gonna be listening to this. But the, when I, when I was earthbound, when I was just an earthbound lad, personality wise, age wise, I wasn't a lad, but uh. When I was just an earthbound lad, there was, um, 
this thing called virtual reality, which they were saying, I don't know, I think for 30 or 40 years, they kept saying, this is coming. Oh, boy, is it going to be good? And then, you know, they tried different things. And once we got to space, we said, well, it, it, it ex- of course it exists. Of course human beings want to blur, you know, reality, as, as they once said, bites or stinks. And, you know, they, they, in the universe, they have different ways of conducting this virtual reality and then different laws governing. It's, it, you know, they say, well, this is well, this one's not so good. But, you know, the main thing, and you could have seen this coming, they get rid of those helmets and that stuff. And a lot of them just, you know, basically electron right into your brain. Like, why would you need a holodeck when you just lie down? And I was looking into upgrades when we were, last time we were docked and we were getting some refer. I said, well, I said, why would you, I, t- I tried different pitches to get the sisters. I said, well, why would we just go into a sleep state? You know, the different times we do need to go into sleep state in our sleep chambers. We could be advancing ourselves or, adv- you know, if there's something, you know, we, like if we get this VR thing that I've got a deal on, close to a deal on. They, that uh that that then will uh it'll be better to pass the time or we could learn you know, you you could learn a new language sister or coping skills you know that like uh whatever's going out your eyes how they roll I know that's intentional sister I was being joking but you know it could be great fun and you you know you could choose your own like what if you you want to you know I don't know if any of you have romantic desires. And but but you know you could live out. I mean, I believe me. I'm gonna have that disabled on mine because otherwise I'd probably get it. You know, the, well, I guess two minutes. What are you gonna do? But I said, oh boy, sisters, we're we're gonna be in. For, I've decided to get the. You know, the, this is gonna be a treat for the ship. It's gonna improve everything. Sorry, but I had to get the sisters were bothering me, so I lost track of what I was saying. But uh. Basically, I had this this kind of virtual reality or simulator, holodeck, whatever. They, you know, I don't even know, because it's always a marketing term. And then you see, okay, don't sell me anything with freemium, you know. And I prefer, anyway, it doesn't matter, pen pal. The uh, facts don't matter. I mean, the thing is, my timing was perfect because then. Like not long after that got installed, also we upgraded like uh, a lot of other upgrades to the sleeping chambers. Mostly said I said I want these things, and you you wouldn't believe I had read an article. That's how I got this idea. Uh, but I said I want these things extra reinforced, and then not that long after. We're out in this like far, far branch, far away from anything. According to the sisters, we were on a goose chase, which actually wasn't. I said that's a gasling. But so we get like we to come to come back to anywhere like uh, with a lot of like more dense in, in uh, delusion. It was a long time. Even with jumping, it was going to take for freaking too long. And then Sister Leanne, she said, well, if we cut through this one area, the, the, like, uh, I think some suns had burst or something. I don't know. I didn't, I, like, said, okay, well, why is that? And Stan was like, oh, Scooter, that's not. 
it's like a high rate radiative zone. And like, uh, so I said, okay, well, we could go through there, but there's also like, we, we'd have to get into our sleeping pods and go to sleep because it would, it wouldn't take too long. This is sisters like, but the radiation, we'd need the extra reinforcement. Who got the lead line pod upgrade with the VR? I did. So I said, well, that sounds like a plan. It sounds like we could, uh, and then Stan was saying, well, there's just a couple things where we'll have to be active on the ship. But he said, okay, in the VR, you know, I could, that, 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 that would still work. You know, Stan could pop in. And Sister Leanne even said, well, I've designed a game, so this is great. We'll we'll play the game I've designed. I said, man, it keeps getting better and better, my ideas and my crew putting them into use. So we, we agree, everyone agreed because it was going to save time, it, you know, I mean, it made sense and get to play a game. And I said, Sister Leanne, this is going to be a good game because I wouldn't mind playing that uh, like, uh, you know, the Mario Kart, uh, but they, because I, I would like to try to get break out of break into out of fourth or fifth place one day. Also, one more thing about VR, you probably, depending on, there's this thing called VR Safe Word Pen Pal, and this is something that you'll see throughout my existence. You know, if they ever do a biography on me, you'll know it's big on safe words. In the boardroom and the other rooms and the VR room, but mostly the VR room because uh, you need some kind of safe word. In this case, it would be a physical button, you know, to 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 take you out. And then, because we're in the sleeping chambers, you know, we wake you up, and then you would wake up in your sleeping chamber to open your sleeping chamber. You know, like a virtual button thing. And I don't know. Well, to be honest, I, this is like I barely had a chance to use this thing. So I don't know if it's like a dream. If something happens to you like a dream, what happens in the VR? I'm afraid to find out. So, of course, they wouldn't be selling these things if they weren't. Uh, I think they're not deemed unsafe, you know, just like everything else. Like they said, well, I think that was a decision back on Earth. They said, well, why does it have to be safe if it's not unsafe? Isn't that good enough for you put for your kid to put it in its mouth? And they'd say, oh, sorry, did you did you say it's so it's not safe? No, no, it's generally believed to be un, not unsafe. And they, so anyway, not important, not that important, pen pal. I would generally love to have you as safe as possible, though, my little pen pal. So, so without delay, we the sisters and I got into our sleeping pods and we got ready. And Sister Leanne announced we actually gathered in this. Uh, it was a forest or, or the forest or jungle, green, you know, wooded area. And Sister announced the first annual, or whenever we need to, not dangerous but seemingly most dangerous games. A game, game, but she said it's just one game. And I started running around, you know, saying I feel like Katniss. And then Sister Land said, okay, I'm going to go through. The, the sister, other sisters already you know the rules, so they took off. And then, of course, it took me a while, you know, you know, just doing material. You know, Sister didn't laugh. You know, I said, where's Peter? He said, who's the dude with the trident? 
and then, you know, I see you've tried throwing a few Malfoys in there. Nothing, not, no laughter. But when I do, I could tell she liked it because she said I'm more of a hay Mitch than a Katniss. And I said, well, at least you're, at least you know, you know. And then I would run around and say, I feel like Katniss. And then I forgot most of it. So I was calling her the Game Master. But then I realized, I said, wait a second, are, are you in this game? And then she said, well, I want to go over the rules with you. And then I said, I thought this was the most, not dangerous, seemingly most. I said, there is no, I said, uh, and then I, I started to, to detect uh, movement uh, throughout the ship. And I said, well, what's the goal of the game? And sister said, to, to get out, to get out of uh, the game in order to stop the other people from getting out. And he said, well, what about me? And she said, well, she goes, I'm stopping you from stopping the sisters from getting out by taunting. And he said, oh, you're just wasting my time. And then I said, oh, boy, I got to give him. And then all of a sudden Spike came on, like my brain, my communicator, you know, but it was really coming through my synapses or something. And Spike said, the sisters are up to something. I said, yeah, the game is just a get. it's like a tag. I guess that's why it's seemingly... Most and he said, "Sister's trying to distract me." And I said, "Actually, Spike, you could be my teammate, maybe, because I don't have any help." And then Spike said, "Let me think about it." You know, with the whole thing. And then I said, "All right, Spike. Uh, like, how much time?" And Spike said, "Okay, they, they don't know where the the goal is. So you, you're, the good thing is, like, uh, they don't know where the goal is because it was like a rain. I don't know." I said, "Okay, great." I said, yeah, randomize it, Spike. And Spike said, I don't have any influence over the game. I said, okay, f- fine. And then I ran into a clearing, and it, like, uh, then like I got swept up in a net. And I looked down, and who's below me but Sister Ellen, and she's got her arms crossed. And what she didn't realize is I was already, you know, figuring out this game, like, because, you know, I'm a gamer. And so, like, I just, like, uh, I pretended I, I'll have to tell you this out of sequence, Ben Pal, for maximum, but, I, you know, I pretended I was, like, uh, trapped for a little while and then asleep in the in the net. And meanwhile, Spike was updating me into my earpiece, which really didn't exist, and then I pretended to come to, and I said, oh, your, your arms are still crossed, sister. How I said, don't they get tired doing that? Uh, or they hold, is that less tiring, crossing your arms? Comforting, eh? And they said, I can see the scorn in your, 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 your look at me. And it looks like I'm caught, though. Oh, it caught in your trap, and uh, I guess I were totally trapped. And she she started uh, taunting me. She said, "That's right." She goes, "Soon the other sisters will uh, uh, get control." And then all of a sudden, everything started to shake. And I said, "Oh boy!" I said, "The game master's." I said, "Is this part of the clock?" I said, "Which one?" I said, "Is this one of the zones? Do do I need to pay attention to the time or anything like that, sister?" Because I said, "Should we move out of the zone?" And then. She said, soon the other two sisters will escape the VR and take over. And I said, no, no, they'll just win the game. And then she laughed, and I said, wait a second, these sisters are up to something. 
And I said, what you, what is the goal? The goal is bigger than just winning this one game. And she said, there is no game. And then she was really, she was really laying it on thick. You know, I don't like repeating arrogant statements about myself worse, you know, clearly. Because it's not going to do anybody any good, pen pal. You know, everybody has, I said, well, that's not very nice of you to say, sister. And then I said, what did I said, I didn't hear, hear that. Was that about my breath? I, I couldn't hear that. Like, could you get closer? And then she said something. And then I said, no, no, no. I, I said, that one sounded funny. <laughs> I said, did you say my breath? I, I could, but I did that rhyme? I don't know. Was that insult? He said, because that was a funny one. Maybe I'll use that on Spike or something. But I just kept saying, come on, sister, get closer. I don't know all these jokes that, you know, if, how am I fixing my breath? He said, just keep coming. And she slowly actually thought that I was appreciating her humor at my expense. And then I was able to do a couple different moves, Ben Bell, which you, you could say without a doubt are impressive. One, I'd seen enough things so that I already had it, like the uh, that that had my escape plan, and but then I breathed on her really hard, like I was, got there, and I guess my either she said all my breath was, but she said ah, oh, and then she was just distracted enough that I was able to uh, uh, swing the the thing. Like I was able to swing the net and I'd already kind of un- unknotted it and, and scratched. So then it broke and then the, the net, I fell out of the net. The net fell on sister and she was all, you know, she was all caught up. I said, well, there you go. I said, uh, I said, I guess only one of us has played hours and hours of, of games. Uh, you know, uh, he said, you know. And she said, "You're still, you're still, still I'm, I'm still a fool." I said, "Oh well, thank you. Uh, I guess, a bit, or still, you know nothing." I think that's what she said. And I said, "Well, that's great." So then, but then I headed off because I said, "Well, if I know anything about uh, these seemingly dangerous games, it's I got to get, get moving and explore and actually track down the other sisters." And it was not long after I came on to something that looked like the set from the Gilligan's Island show, which was this show about people shipwrecked on an island. And I heard some whirring and stuff, and they had this person on that island called the professor, and they would always make, the professor would always come up with inventions. And deep into this, like, a little village uh, was Sister Carol Ann. And she was on a bamboo conveyor belt, like a va- bamboo, what are those things called, uh, that you go on a run on inside. Tractor belt, running platform, I don't know what they're called, the wind sprinter. No, I got one of those. That's what people say, well, what do you get for Christmas? I got one of those running things with the, with the belt, conveyor belt, exercise machine. But whatever they're called, Pen Pal, I don't know why I can't remember, but she had two of them side by side. And she said, well, she goes, so you, you, our contest in this you know, game will be easy. She goes, do you think you could outrun me? And I said, well, I think I'm willing to try. And then she started jogging, and as she started jogging, um, 
uh, this platform started uh, lifting, uh, like lifting up, but offside, so it was going to dump something onto my, like, running thing, treadmill. That's what they're called. So then I started getting on mine and running, and then it balanced the thing. I was going to drop something, you know, off of this tilting platform. And so then I started running, and sister would run, and, you know, she'd run fast, and she'd run slow, but she didn't seem to tire. I was like, well, have you been using a treadmill? And then she started, you know, using different tactics, like cheating. She does, Somehow she does, she had some other, like, hidden thing that dumped mud on my treadmill, so I was going slow, and then the thing started to tilt again. And, you know, then I tried running, you know, in mud, and that wasn't fun. But then a spike came on my head. Scooter, stop running, stop running. I said, what do you mean, Spike, stop running? And Spike said, this is, these bamboo treadmills are hardwired into the game. I said, well, yeah, they're part of the game. I'm trying to not get that thing dropped. But if I stop running... And uh, Spike said, no, 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 they're hardwired into the ship's systems. Like, this is, and I said, well, hardwired into what? And Spike said, I think to the the lid of your uh, sleeping chamber. I said, the protective lid? And Spike said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I can see the camera, like when you're, like the, 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 the all the, the bolts that keep it in every time you're running. It's unscrewing one of the safety bolts. And Spike said, oh, only one more, and then your lid will be open, and then you'll be, and then the whole, everything shook again, and the sister fell, fell and slipped on hers. And I said, man, that Game Master really makes those earthquakes, just like the one in, uh, I said, I don't really feel like cat, and I said, sister, before she got up, I like grabbed her ankles, and I said, stop running, and she said, why, and I said, well, you're trying to, to radiate me in my sleep chamber. That's wrong. And he said, I knew you didn't like me, but that's it, it, this is going a whole nother step out of, 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 of uh, you know, this just isn't right, sister. And then she said, well, what are you going to do about it? So then I started running on her platform with her on it. So then, because I realized she would have to run. And we were running downhill, which is the worst. So... You know, there was stumbling and there was knee scraping, but I just kept running. I, I'm good at running downhill. Uh, the secret is you just put your arms on the thing on the side, so you're really, you know, just barely running. But sister didn't know that. Uh, so pretty quickly she tired out, and then she was ejected from the, you know, into like another one of her mud pots. And I said, well, that'd buy me some time. And he said, this certainly isn't the most dangerous game, but you, you were, you're dangerous, sister. Uh, but then the whole earthquake started, like, it really took my confidence out, Pen Pal. I mean, I'm putting on a brave face now, but sister, she really tried to open my sleeping container when we were in a, a radiative zone. So I was bummed out, but I was also paranoid. I said, what are these sisters really up to? And I said, Spike, can you get an update on the last, on Bernice? And Spike said she was, you know, but couldn't locate. Sister, she's hiding somewhere. I said, okay, well, we'll track her. We're going to track her down. Uh, we've got to stop her. And then the ship shook again. And they said, Spike, they said, I'm really getting paranoid here. Like, his sisters are, they're, they're, they're really out to get me. And I said, Spike, see if we could, like, uh, 
they said, well, let me see if it, and then I tried to pull a little bit of, uh, not Bobby Fisher, but the chess guy that made war games, you know, that, cause I tried to just see myself on all timelines. It's, you won't get this pen pal, but it was a game. So I started trying to see if I could see like behind the coding, you know, to all the different, like just because he said, "Come on, like let's see what the possibilities are of me winning and me losing." And it's like it's Spike, and I said, "Spike, run these numbers." And Spike said, yeah, "Chances of winning this this game of it being mostly harmless or whatever are low. Like long tails closing." And I said, "Holy Chris Anderson, long tails closing." And I said, "Spike, something else." I said, "Spike, get Stan, patch Stan in here." And Spike said, well, your communication with Stan. And I said, okay, let's just make a virtual button then. And then it randomly appeared. So that took some time. And then we were trying to, then I hit the button and it says, scooter, scooter, scooter. That's my imitation of Stan. And I said, Stan, what the heck is going on? I said, Stan, did you sisters, the sisters, and Stan said, scooter, we have a battle situation. And they said, what do you mean we got a battle situation in the game? Yeah, we definitely have a battle situation in this game because the sisters crossed a line. And Stan said, no, 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 on the ship, he goes, in the radiative zone, there's just some, he goes, we're being pursued and we're under. And I said, so are those earthquakes, the ship shaking? He said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, but I can't, I said, Stan, can I get it? And Stan said, no, 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 we're still in the radiative zone. It's not safe. These are, uh, you know, some sort of uh, like, you know, robot, robot battlers or something. I don't know. Robotech, I have no idea. There's ships chasing our ship in a battle. I said, all right, Stan, keep taking evasive maneuvers. And Stan said, sister, uh, uh, Sister Leanne's about to take over. She, she's almost, and I said, well, she's not going to get out of this ship, Stan. Don't worry. I'll figure out a plan. These sisters are really, like, uh, lower than worms, if you know what I mean. And then, Penpale, for a brief time, it did feel like the, when you're trying to capture the mood at, the, like, one of the scenes, like, in the most dangerous, the, the movies you make, where you, you're doing the reveal of who's chasing and who's running. So it's usually someone running through the jungle with different angles. I never did the direction of these. Maybe my friend Charlie always did, but he was real good. So you have the, you know, the shrubbery and then someone running through and trying to figure out which way to go. And then you, you wonder, are they pursuing or are they pursued? Who, What's pursuing them? Who's pursuing them? And then you have the reveal that the hunter and the hunted are the same species, you know. And they say, what the heck? And then ideally you get some other payout, you know, that the game is actually, you know, but whatever. And what was my point, Pemp? I guess my point was, uh, oh, they, they spent a lot of time chasing sister. And, and then she couldn't, she, she was trying, she, she hadn't, almost hadn't located the button, but she was always a few steps ahead of me. But then she finally did locate the button, like, uh, but it was way up in this tree. So then she started climbing near this, uh, what are those things called? Like a palm type tree or coconut tree. And it took her, it wasn't easy. So, but she was already up there. So then I was at the base. I tried shaking the tree. Then like when the ship would get blasted, it would shake, but she was holding on tight. 
and she was halfway up and halfway down, but very determined to get there very slowly. And the tree button was, uh, I mean, I think I said, well, I guess that's a, like seemingly dangerous. I said, well, I guess if you fall, you nothing will happen except you won't get to the button. And then I will, because uh, then I started to gather some, you know, I said, well, I got a backup plan here, sister, to get myself under control of the ship. He said, so that's all you got to do is hit that button. Oh, I guess then you'll wake up in your pod. And then what you'll, then you'll issue a command to Stan uh, that you take over the ship, which you've put us in danger. He said, well, so that was your plan all along. You, you came up to that as a team. And then for a little while, she was telling me to be quiet because she was trying to inch her way up, you know, to get to the top and wasn't happy that I was distracting her. So our ship's in a battle. We don't even know what we're up against. Stan's trying to do Stan's best to deal with it. Also, you're going to leak me out of my pod. I said, you're really willing to do anything to take the ship back over from me? I said, you've just been lying in wait with this plan, huh? And she said, yes, we have. And I said, well, this is, I said, I don't like it. I said, I don't, I don't appreciate it. Uh, I said, I guess I understand. But then I said, what would you, I said, well, how long, how bad would the radiation be? And then she said, well, it would take a while. She said, like, uh, she said, it's like too much, you know. And I said, oh, so it's not an instant. It's a long, so I said, you're, you're willing to, I said, you're already doing enough long-term damage to my health with uh, your distress you and the other sisters caused me. And then she kept inching up and inching up, and then I detected the other spike. Well, I spike said, well, the other sisters are going to sneak up on you. I said, okay, well, I said, I got another plan, sister, because I'm already, as commander of the ship, I'm actually already in touch with Stan, I guess, virtually. So maybe you could, if you get to that button, but I made a little, Stan, you know, I made that other up, and he said, Scooter, Scooter, yeah, Scooter, you made an upgrade. I said, yeah, thanks, Stan. I said, I did make an upgrade to the ship. I said, not only did I want us to be able to be safe in our sleeping pods and be able to play VR games, you know, or, you know, VR interactions when we need it or desire it, you know, or want it. I upgraded the bedding in the in the pods. I don't know if you've been noticing, sisters, how... Uh, you know, because I've always wanted to do one of those float things, sisters, and then... They were like, oh boy, that's what Sister uh, Bernice was doing. I said, you know those floating things where you go and you're in the dark and it's closed? I think they're called flotation tank, Sister. I never did it because I I always wanted to say, well, if it's dark, how can how can, how can I know the water's clean? I said, you know, how often, there's no way I could trust you with it, and, and, that's, and it's also expensive, so I have never done that, sisters, but I did want to replicate that, and there was a time right around when I was born, I think, where there was these things called waterbeds. Now, I don't know if they were based on science, but they were just like a big bag of water that you would sleep on, and you could warm the water up. And I think it was a thing from the seventies, you know, for you know, like like waterbed loving, which I guess it depends on the wave, you know, the amplitude and the frequency of the waves, how it's going to help. But uh, you know, anytime you went to a relative's house with a waterbed, 
you know, it was always trying to get into the room or a friend's parents, you know, to to play in their waterbed, which now they think about it, I'm saying, oh, man. Uh, but, you know, and then the, the parents would say, don't jump in the waterbed. And then, I, you know, that they would leak and ruin houses. So people and people don't have them anymore. But guess what? Pods do have waterbeds Our our sleep chambers do. I don't know if you notice that's why you're probably feeling so. So, Stan, go ahead and drain the sisters' waterbeds uh, right now, please. Scooter, I'll drain the waterbeds. So since Pen Pal Scooter, Stan drained the waterbeds. And as Stan did, you know, sisters, you know, they drained. And this, they just kind of fell to the ground. The sisters slid slowly down the, the palm tree and then kind of lied on the ground. You know, her virtual mind used to being supported by wavy water. And now she's just lying on... I don't even know what was under the water, but I think maybe just a little bit of metal and foam. So she was drained, you know, just like if you get out of the bathtub and you can't lift your arms or whatever. And so, Pempal, then um, what happened? So then the sisters were enabled, but then the ship was still shaking. I said, Stan, uh, they said, what's the situation? Stan said, you know, we're, and I said, okay. And then I said, look, I can design my own. I said, this is VR. So then I designed myself my own little VR workstation, super comfortable chair, more sportive than a waterbed, of course. And I said, patch me into the defensive and offensive capabilities of the ship stand. I'll take care of things from my end and you just get us out of here. But yeah, so I like at first I just like took out some of the other the robotic ships chasing us. Then Stan did a Mario Kart overlay, so that when I, you know that when I was playing, you know the, the the different systems were linked to it. And then I was you know, well, do I want to be print? You know, do I want to be Koopa Trooper? No, it's for me. It's always Yoshi or Princess Peach. And then I said, Princess Katniss Peach, Prince, and I said, Katniss, and I said, Katniss Peach doesn't really have a ring to it. Uh, Katniss, Yoshi, Katniss, Yoshi, Katniss. And then I said, Scooter, Peach, and I said, okay, and then I said, oh, wait, I can combine all three. Koshi, uh, Koshi Peach. And so then, you know, then it was mostly like getting stuff, uh, you know, picking up the boxes, which would, you know, the, it, it was, it was probably took longer than it needed to. And Stan said, yeah, that there was a couple of repairs we would have to do because it took so long. Uh, but eventually we got out of there and then we got to the dock and then it was, uh, let's just say it's been uncomfortable since then. Cause they said, well, this is what you're, uh, they said, you're back to like, uh, Almost where we started, sisters. You're back to your old tricks. I said, well, maybe we need to take a break here. Because they said, my trust in you is sh- shaken. I said, maybe we need some sort of a delusion. I said, I don't know. I, I don't know how I could possibly go on with these sisters. Uh, and I said, well, well, like, but I didn't know what to do next, Ben Pal. So I said, well, well, we need to take some break somewhere. And then when I realized this, that uh, I made that speech, and then well, we were in the VR, we were because we were still on the VR. Uh, but first, we had to get out because I had to re- refill their, but then, like refill other water beds. 
And then I, you know, I said, don't tell, you know, make them think we're real, you know, do the old virtual reality, reality. So then I gave the sisters a speech and I said, we're going to have to take, and they said, Stan, get to some library. Let's download every team building program we can. And we'll see if we could work this out between me and the sisters. Cause, uh, Hey, y'all, we were a team and I just upgraded the ship. So I'm not going anywhere now. But anyway, pen pal, I don't know when we're going to take a break here with me and the sisters, but well, you know, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody, welcome to uh, Nuns in Space, our our, uh, episodic series. This is going to be the last episode for a little while, I think. I'm not positive because I actually don't have a heavy, like, uh, I just feel like it's time for a break, and I don't actually have something in the pending weeks. Probably before you hear this, I'll be working hard to try to, I mean, I think I know what we're going to do next, but I'm not positive when I'm recording this. Uh, But, uh... You know, we'll see. I guess that that would be that, that that's that's what we'll see. And so, uh, yeah, it, 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 not, not exactly. I guess I'm now letting my own personal feelings. So this will be the last episode for a while. I've had great pleasure bringing you this episodic series. If this is your first episode, it's episodic. So you really here's what you need to know: it takes place in outer space. Not quite as good as Star Trek, uh, but not quite as uh, cool as, uh, as Firefly. Uh, but in uh, you know those all, all those sh- do share qualities of outer space and spaceships is how you travel in outer space. So that d- does happen in this show. On the ship is Scoots Scooter, uh, in, in, in charge of the ship, and Scooter's right hand. Best friend in software interface is Stan, and the crew, ship is crewed by the nuns from Scooter's childhood. So you could listen to this episode, and then you can go back and, and check out the other ones. Most of them are episodic, other than the first three or four were kind of like a pilot. And yeah, it's uh, it's uh, nuns in space, and uh, that, that's about it. Uh, and, and thanks for being along for the ride so far. And here, my friend, you. This is the last episode of Nuns in Space. Yeah, Antonio, for a little while, I want to give you a break. You know, the holiday season's coming up, and, you know, I want to keep it fresh. Oh, well, you could have told me. I, I was planning a vacation. Okay, well, don't worry. Vacate. Where are you going? Maybe, maybe we could plan something together, <laughs> my friend. Okay. As a ladies and gentlemen... The boys, the girls, and the friends beyond the binary. Remember, you're all welcome and loved here. So welcome and be loved here for another episode of the nuns in a space. And we'll see you soon, my friends. My friends, what are we going to don't worry, Antonio. What I'm working on next, you you were already in. Oh. Uh, but you don't sound... Well, I don't have anything written yet before because this is a train and I'm always moving on the train and right. Oh, I know, my friend. I don't know how you do it. Oh, thanks, Antonio. Okay, Antonio, we got... Okay, nuns in space, everybody. Uh, hey, pen pal, it's me, your, your pen pal. <laughs> Surprise. And uh, pen pet, you know, uh, pen pet messaging you in a little message. 
You know, I started to look at the, this is a positive way. This is a loaded word, but I'm going to say pen pal. It's a J word, jobs, job. You know, I looked at these messages to you like a job, but not a job that's a chore, but a job I'm committed to pen pal. That's why I've consistently kept kept in touch with you. Because uh, it's like a J-O-B. I don't know what J-O-B stands for. People say it's a job. J-O-B, job. Just obligated to benefit you, pen pal. And, and of course, myself. Just obligated benefit. Something. Should be something about getting paid. But not all jobs you get paid in money or credits, you know, whatever they call it now. Uh, you know, you get paid for you and... Uh, I think there's probably a good amount of hormones that get released when I talk to you, pen pal. Ideally, when you listen, there's less hormone. Do hormones hormones secrete, right, pen pal? Right, right. I don't know either. Maybe you do, but you you know this is a one way communication. Anyway, pen pal. Speaking of pen, speaking of jobs, uh, I don't know if the, do they still call it that or occupation or I do, do you do other vocabulary word? You know, someplace you do work, you do for compensation. And uh, like when when I was on Earth, when I was Earthbound, pen pal, I, I never had problem keeping a job, but I had problems staying at jobs just because I said, "Well, what am I going to do with my life?" And then I would go. And I would work somewhere, and then longer than short time. I I never was thrifty in my commitment. Usually over overstaying my welcome, pen pal. You know me well enough to know that. But even overstaying my internal welcome that said, "Hey, we should have been." At, but anyway, pen pal, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, like, but jobs. You get a job, and they, you sometimes you get it on the entry level. And then you work your way up, and that's called a promotion. Or they kind of refined it, and then you, like you like. Then I worked at a job that was clear where I worked for the government, and they said, "Well, this is your job title, and you could instead of the, the, getting a promotion, you would go up. Uh, I think it was every fifteen hundred hours or something like that." Until you could go up five times, so you would get a raise, essentially. But then once you hit the five times, you were kind of stuck. And I think, of the, the, like in my world, that was like a lot of people's situation, metaphorically and actually. Uh, but usually you try to get a you know promotion, or they call the pay, I think pay scales, that was another thing. There was like inequities with, with how every, everyone didn't get paid equally. And not not everybody got paid enough. I think that's a pretty consensus basis. Just pay that, pay everybody more, but equal, you know, balance it back out too. So, Pempe, I don't know if you're familiar with any of that stuff. Uh, I tried to be honest, Pempe. I tried to tune it all out. But you know, don't tune this out, pen pal. I guess I'm I'm writing, sending because I got a promote. I have a promotion. As you may or may not know, and the Monte Carmelo, the ship that we're on here with the sisters, at one point I was just a, a harbor pilot. You know, I was supposed to bring it through the cloud that separated Earth with the outer space. And then when we got stuck in the cloud, I became quartermaster. Which, as far as I could tell, and I have, I guess I haven't really looked it up at all. There's like the captain, 
in the quartermaster. And, you know, when it comes to getting even, I think even getting paid, I think maybe the, the, there's not going to be any pay with this one. Though we have, you know, I did do, I think we earned some money or did I lose that? But so like, uh, the, pay, the, the, uh, there's way, what was going to say? So the captain, the quartermaster's kind of in, in charge of everything in normal times. And then the captain's in charge, at least by this structure. And it's pretty rigid because the computer just knows. And then you're pretty, probably pretty familiar because of my other messages, unless you're listening to this one first, that, uh, you know, one of the sisters is captain, but only in battle situations does the captain take control of the ship. And so, uh, like the quartermaster's in charge, that's me. But then if there's a battle situation, I'm not in charge. And the sisters don't like the idea of me being quartermaster. Is it half master? And I'm, I think I'm a quartermaster. You know, they've been calling me, you know, they say stuff like 16th and one seven, you know, they try to use the odd numbers, this, you know, one seventeenth master. But, uh, you know, I've kind of taken over the captain's duties, but the sisters, they've been trying to spring tricks on me so that we'd be in a battle situation and then they could take over the ship and, you know, ideally be rid of me. But, you know, they really know. Uh, but when, you know, that uh, pen pal, there was this planet that got a hold of a lot of cartoon earth cartoons and they were, I don't know if you heard about the great, uh, faux, faux, F-A-U-X pen pal, faux Voltron incident. But they got a lot, me a lot of attention in the universe uh, for exposing that, and it, you know it was a pretty boring story. I won't, I won't tell you now. Uh, but and then we got a call from whatever the, I, I, it was too many letters. They said, just why would you pick an acronym with more than three letters? J O B. There's your acronym, job. But so whatever the sisters, and this is like one of the overseeing space agencies. But it's like soupstone or something. So space uh, soupstone. I don't know. I said that's. I, I said I stopped listening after soup. I said maybe soup is space or S O space organization of universes and planets. There you go. So, you know something like that. Soupstone. Maybe a stone soup. I mean that would make sense. But but then I'd be like, well. It's not very authoritative. And, you know, soup is just not an authoritative thing, pen pal. I mean, there's soup authorities, and they're like, ooh, this is a, you know, if you're having a soup. But anyway, I'm not here, neither, maybe that's not an acronym. Maybe I just acronized, acronymed it. I said, well, what, what were you, I tuned it out. I said, what was the name of your organization? It's blah, 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 blah. Oh, Soupstone. No, it's blah, 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 blah. Right, stones, is it stones, wait, can you say it again slower, space, stone soup, Soups. I think it's soup stone though, but maybe I did acronym it, but anyway, that's a big, that's one of the big organizations, and sisters work for some part of it, I think, I don't, like, clearly, they, you, you, I said you had me at soup stone. And promotion. So at the after the faux Voltron thing, they've decided, and I guess they get you know there was other reports they did because the computer told on them. Not Stan, right, Stan? 
Scooter, Scooter, no, 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 the computer had submits reports, uh, subspace, Scooter, yes, computer told on the sisters, Scooter. And so we're flying to these head, the headquarters, Soupstone Central, Soupstone, no, no, I wonder if it's a stone plant, I think it's a space station, Stan, I know, I'm just, I don't, I don't know, for, don't worry with Stan. But so, uh... Like, I'm going to become command, like, because there's captain and there's quartermaster. He did not realize there's a commander or, or like, it's something higher. Because, uh, you know, I guess it's different than Star Trek because that's where I'm getting mixed up because it's a lieutenant commander with Captain Picard. But I guess in their world, obviously, you need to do checks and balances, like the captain and the quartermaster in this world. You know, it's not as perfect as Star Trek. Probably because I don't think they have like a, like a, what do you call that? Academy. I don't think the sisters went to any academy. If they did, they didn't have any classes on uh, common, d- d- common de- course, course on common decency. But so the good news, Ben Pal, is I'm going to be commander of the Neches. And also the great news is I'm going to have a new crew. The sisters are out. And you got to look over the, I tried to look over the contract, but it was too small a print. And Stan said, Stan said, I'm not a legal advisor, but I said, Stan, can't you like check in with the legal? I don't, and, but so I think, so I'm going to be commander. I'm going to continue the mission uh, for a while. I uh, get a commendation. They find out some, some of this, what, what the plan, I guess I don't really know any of the details. And they said they can't, you know, even encrypted stuff. So I'm going to find out the secret stuff. Also get rid of the sisters, the, the new crew, and I'll be commander. So I actually, instead of quartermaster quarters, where I kind of, I don't actually keep it nice in case the captain, it becomes captain's quarters in the office. Like, I, like I'll be the commander. So it'd be like, no, 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 this isn't the quartermaster. I'll, I'll probably still call it the quartermaster quarters. Commanded by the commander. That's probably what I call it. But yeah, so I'll be in total charge of the ship, you know, with Stan in the ship's computer. And then, you know, I guess I'll have a number one. So that's all great, especially because I'll know what we're supposed to be doing. Like other than following Trails of Delusion. I mean, in the sisters, uh, their reaction is a combination of joy and dismay and frustration and disappointment, irritation with me, usual stuff. But dismay is a little bit new. And and I guess they're mixed feelings, I'd say. I think those are mixed feelings. So, oh, sorry, Penbell, I'm getting... Stan, you you got anything on... Sorry, Penbell, I don't mean to interrupt. Stan, you got anything on the ship's sensors? I'm really getting a piercing delusion. Uh, It's not an ache, it's a... Stan, you got anything? Scooter, uh, sensors, uh, our ETA is uh, about 46 minutes, Scooter. Oh, thanks for putting that in minutes, Stan. So to the, is it, what time's our, what time's my commendation and promotion ceremony? Scooter, you said you like to be a half hour early, so it's in about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, great. So we'll be there a half hour early. Scooter, yeah, we'll be. That's just the estimated time. I'll make sure we're there half hour early. Oh, well, st- I don't know, Stan. Hold on. C- can you? Uh, we could. We could. I don't know. I'm picking up a pretty big. 
a huge delusion, Stan. This one is big. I got to sit down here. Call, call the sisters to the bridge. Scooter, the sisters are on the bridge the whole time listening to you. Oh, hey, sisters. <laughs> a little excited about that promotion. Okay, I'm getting a heavy stance. Come, come to full stop. Uh, whoa, this is a powerful, powerful delusion. What's that, Sister Leanne? Yeah, I know we got to get to Soupstone Central, but uh, did you say that or did I think that? Any, this delusion is intense. This is an intense one. It feels like, uh, I mean, no, sister. Thank, 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 thank you, sister. Okay, sister Bernice, you say that I'm just scared for promotion. No, no, no. It's not fear. I mean, I feel fear. A delusion and fear in totally different somatic areas, sister. I don't mean to drop any knowledge on you, but I just did. That's the kind of thing I'm going to be doing as commander. That's sorry, sister. I know I'm not commander right now. I'm not even commander of my own feelings. But I'm, you know, more obviously so other people believe, I, you know, Soupstone does believe that. And I think I just, anyway, seriously, they're, they're really in different body areas uh, for me. So it's not fear. It's a, oh, this one's a big one. This, this is a Stan, um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's, uh, let me think. Sisters, can you load up the optics? I'm sorry, Sister Ellen. What? What is it? Uh, they. We, we get a 30 minute window of extra time. We'll just jump and check on this delusion, and then we'll get back to the uh, ceremony. Don't worry. I realize you. You. Yeah, I realize you. Are, are you? Are you sisters going to be reassigned or? But anyway, it's not my business. It's not my business. As said. So, Stan. Uh, can you do the thing where you set the coordinates where the, this is where, right where I'm facing here or my scooter, I'm following it. Okay. Cause let's just jump there. I'm estimating, see what I'm doing with my, my, like, see, scooter, I, I can read you. I can read you. Okay. And then sisters, can you set up the, uh, okay. We're jumped. Scooter, you know, we don't, I know it just jumps easier for me right now. Just please. Okay. Okay, see, Stan, do you detect any ships in the area? Scooter, we're facing, it's, it's, we might be able to pick it up on the optics. Okay, so, Sister Lane, can you head up to the optics? I know, I, I realize this, I, I can hear you, Sister Caroline. Uh, I, the, the, I know that Sue Stone does not look, they fr greatly frown on untimeliness. That's why I'm, I'm timely. I'm a buffoon in many situations. Uh, but when it comes to, to being on time, my obligation, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty on time. No, no, I'm, I'm not avoiding that. This is, the, there's a ship. Stan, you're trailing the ship, right? Scooter, we're trailing the ship. Sister, sister's booting up the uh, optics. I mean, the, uh, anyway, so it's not an avoidance thing. Don't worry. We'll be on time for the changing of the guard or whatever. No, I'm not avoiding it. Actually, I'm looking forward to having a life, you know, this imagined life, like going into a future nostalgia where I'm in charge of the ship and I have a crew that respects me and treats me with dignity and follows my commands and, you know, I'm, in, I'm commander of my emotions 
And it'll be like I'm returning to a new life I never had. And I realize that's some distance in there, sister. So you can smirk all you wish. But this delusion, oh boy. Okay, what do we got on the optics? Okay, so it's a tow ship and it's towing something, okay? And well, how's it moving that fast? Well, how's it moving that fast? Oh, boy. Stan, can you match speed? Or, or, scooter, I'm on it, but uh, Scooter, the ship is moving uh, very quickly. Okay, so uh, it, 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 is, it, is it detected that we're following it yet, Stan? Uh, scooter was still... Scooter, no, I don't think they... they uh, scooter, I'm not sure. It's been it's been moving that fast since we got here. Okay, Sister Leanne, before, just in case, do, 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 see if you could get in. And what's it towing? A ship... Okay, what class ship? Oh boy, everybody sit. To, okay, okay, we'll keep an eye on the ship. Yeah, how? Okay, just still, still at a. We're still staying. See if you can pick up so sister can get a better view of the ship. She's saying it's the same class as this one, uh, which is the same class as the Monte Carmelo. Oh boy, oh, that's our ship. Whoops, I mean the Nichez is the same class, right, sister? Well, thanks for correcting me. It, it, it really wasn't necessary, but it clearly, you know, the command structure around here. Anyway, okay, sister, stand out. Scooter, we're still trying to get closer. Uh, sisters, why don't you go up there and help on the, like, see you, see you. Okay, wait a second. It could, it could be the Nichez. What's your certainty level? I'm sorry, what what class are these ships? I can never say that. Is that a silent D? The voir, the voir, like the the conductor. Voir. Okay, never mind. It's the same class. Okay, is there any carbon scoring in there? I always like to check for carbon scoring. There's okay, okay. Stan, check the computers for any uh, images on the Nichez uh, that would uh, distinctive images. Okay, something we could see at this distance. Oh, really? It's got a red dot. Okay, that's perfect. Sister, Sister, see if you could get into the the fin. What is that called? The tail? It's not called tail fin. Well, the tail fin. Okay, she's trying to stay and try to stabilize the ship. Scooter, it's interference between. Oh, Scooter, uh, hold, hold on, stand. One second. Sister Leanne, did you see? You think you saw something red on the tail Tail. What do you mean you can't see it anymore? Stan, what does she mean to you? Scooter, the, the ship and, and the ship it was towing went cloaked. Okay, well, that's their mistake, Stan, right? Because we we can still find... Okay, I, can, I mean, I can sense it right, right out there. I can't sense the red dot. Uh, sister, why don't you... Sister, why don't you come down here? Okay, Stan, uh, keep following the ship. I, I think uh, right where I'm pointing... Right where I'm pointing, Stan, is uh, where the ship's going. I got a feeling they saw our taillights or our front light, you know, our head, because we, we, you know, we've always dreamed about tailing things, but this is, uh, it's an as easy as it, 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 it so, but it doesn't matter because they, they, I don't think we should do, should we, I guess it'd be more ominous if we follow them, even though they're cloaked. So let's just keep it up, Stan. Okay, sister, why don't you go back up there and, uh, sister, why don't you go back up there and, and train the optics on the, la like, keep them at the same angle. 
in case they come out of cloaking because we're not going to stand. Once you pick up, can we can we close a little distance between us and the ship? Scooter, I don't know. Uh, okay, can I think we're okay? Just pick up, max maximize our speed, Stan. Okay, Scooter. Okay, I think we are picking up. We, yeah, okay, we're closing the distance. This is good. This is good. Good thing I stuck my head in that. Uh, what was they called? A, a, a planetary collider, huh, sisters? This is a great, really. Uh, I mean, this is command, command, command level commanding. I don't remember any. I'm, I'm detecting a cloaked ship. It's a good thing I can't be weaponized, uh, you know, effectively, efficiently. Hopefully, I don't fall into the wrong hands, huh, sister? Like the hands of a crew that respects me. Maybe this is the ultimate checks and balances. Anyway, okay, Stan, how are we looking? Uh, Scooter, just a reminder, we, we have a few minutes before we're going to have to jump. Uh, not Scooter, we don't have much time before we'd have to get, get head to your ceremony. Oh, boy. So what do we got, about 10, 15 minutes? I'm good at telling time, Stan. We got about 10 or 15 minutes, right? Cause we, can you chart a course so we could jump a little bit closer? Scooter, the maximum time we've we've used fifteen minutes of you, so we okay. That's that's fine, Stan. We'll we'll, we'll do it. I mean, they might maybe you should send a message ahead to double see if they got two commendations in there. You think it'll be like? Will I get something put around my neck? I hope it's not a soup stone because I don't know what. The, like I said, for making stone soup, that would mean I would be. Anyway, that, that that's a real question, though. I guess it could be a warming. You know, I could put a stone in to warm the soup. Do people do that? Artisanal soup warming by stone. Maybe Stan, if we go back to Earth, that's what we'll, that's our business. We'll open up. But yeah, just stay on course. Sooner or later, they will like. Uh, we're headed away from the um, where we need to. That's fine, though. That that uh. Like, Stan, do you think they have the inability to, like, do any, they, they can only, they're only heading on propulsion power, whatever we call the, you know, jet stuff. Scooter, yeah, for some reason, they have an inability to, 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 to bend or jump or whatever drive they have on that uh, tow ship. Scooter, the, the ship's computer's telling me that traditionally, very similar uh, to your job, where you would drive things just to, from one place to another within a short distance between Earth and uh, but uh, Bengal Tiger Station or whatever. Uh, th- these tow ships aren't designed for, uh, so it must be headed somewhere local. All right, so it's perfect. Uh, uh, so we could, why don't we get even closer then? Because uh, Scooter's coming out of cloak. Perfect timing. Okay, great. Uh, sister, you ready up there? Uh, hopefully. Uh, okay, and I hear. Scooter, uh, there's an incoming beam headed towards the ship. Okay, it's it's headed. It's just it it's headed right at me, Stan. Hey, hey pen pal, it's me. I just in a, I just had to, to plug in here because uh, this is later. That was like one second, huh, pen pal? But oh boy, no reason to worry because I get hit by a beam and now I'm talking to you. So obviously everything's great. It, at the time it wasn't though. What happened was I get right to a pen pal. Uh, but I'm you know don't I don't I sound almost the same? Uh, but what happened was the beam hit me and it must have been some sort of uh, 
it being where I couldn't move anymore, except, well, you'll learn in a, a minute. And so I was stuck, and then the ship went cloaked again, of course, this tow ship. At the same time, uh, Sister Leanne, I could hear everything. I was, I was aware of everything that was happening. I just couldn't move anything. It wasn't cold, though, Pen Pal. I could still feel the climate controls. And I could still feel my feel everything. I just couldn't move. It was some sort of you know beam, you know stasis beam, I guess. Though I don't think I was any anyway. Pen pal, I was hit by that. Only me. And at first the sisters, no one knew. And then then they said, "Are you in a trance?" And I couldn't blink my eyes, but I could move them, uh, which mean meant a lot of tears. You know, no more 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 tears. But so. But Sister Leanne confirmed that the, the ship did have the red mark on the tail, and there was pictures taken because we got close enough. And the sisters, they spent most of the time uh, confirming that 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 that, that was the Nichez being towed by the ship that we had been. And I was feeling the piercing, piercing delusions. And so they were immediately excited and immediately crestfallen because we couldn't be. Stan and the ship's computer and the sisters, Stan just headed in the same direction. And very clearly, quickly and clearly, the sisters were like, oh no, we have the Natchez and we'd lost it due to this cloaking. Oh, PayPal, pay, by the way, cloaking means like stealth, like invisibility, just in case you didn't know that. I, I probably should have told you that earlier. Still there, but you can't see it, or even the sensors can't detect it. All, all of them. Uh, different ways to do that, just like different ways to travel between universes at very high speeds. More than one way to claim, climb the cl- cl- cloaking mountain, as the uh, the competitive companies like to say at first. Um, anyway, pen pal, you just, you might say, oh, what is, I don't want to get into the socioeconomics of cloaking technology, but basically it comes down to the adoption was based on the availability of minerals, uh, and elements that would be involved in that cloaking within the local regional systems of that's why they chose the technology. Not same with the, the traveling fast, uh, materials on hand. So anyway, sorry about that, pen pal. But I was frozen, and uh, and then of course very quickly. But but you know, it being you know being on the verge of being a commander and knowing there's probably seven minutes or five minutes left for me to become a commander. Uh, and then wondering, you know what I should do, like, but I couldn't do anything. But then I knew Stan, I was looking, and then very quickly Stan, you know, this is where, you know, your technology, this, the fact that Stan and Spike and the ship's computer can talk to one another, it still took them too long as opposed to a person that said, oh, just follow Scooter's eyes. Uh, but because they're computers, just like problem solving with the humans, that it hits them. But it just so because they're analyzing and reanalyzing, you know, problem solving trees or some I don't know what to call it. But so then they said, "Oh, we'll just follow Scooter's eyes." And I, I, I had already. Don't worry, I that did not plant the idea. It was already there. I was looking where the ship was. 
I wouldn't say it's intentionally, but my, you know, my commander sense probably was uh, kicking in. So I was looking where the ship was anyway. And so, you know, the, the, the computer and Stan were able to adapt very quickly and follow my eyes. And I was able to flick my eyes, you know, to say, do this, you know, faster. But that's about it, you know, direction and speed. Uh, and, you know, Stan can monitor stuff at a much more precise rate than a human could. So there we are, we're following the ships, you know, or the, well, the ships, yeah. They're cloaked. Uh, staying cloaked, we know in the talks clicking, the clock is ticking and the promotion. But, you know, also we weren't thinking about that because, you know, even though I could only see and cry, you know, or my eyes provide wet, you know, wet, wet themselves. I guess that's it. And pale, my eyes wet themselves. Hilarious. Is that, uh, so we'd forgotten about the ceremony, you know, that's too busy commanding a ship, an ultimate. But so we kept up, and I said, well, sooner or later, this was his thinking. I guess my thoughts weren't frozen. I could use one of those beams to freeze my thoughts. Probably make me very, if it wasn't already, you know, that could help me and a lot of other people. Fraught, frozen thought beam. So we kept following the ship, and then the ship went into this orbit, and I said, well, just we got to stick with it, you know, staying. That was just uh, looking, looking up, looking up, looking up. And, it, like, uh, it, I think we went down a rabbit hole. Like, mostly I was focused on following this cloaked ship, but, oh, boy, did the sisters have to crew the ship after this pen pal because we went into this orbit, and then it was just a fake out because then there was a slingshot. I think because it was like a, some sort of anti-friction atmosphere. Shot out of that orbit. We were in a solar system. Uh, then we went through some like micro asteroid belts, which are the worst. They don't know why they don't, don't go get more press. That you can't like, but the sisters had to, you know, to, to deal with that, which you can't like, like a. Parsec, remember that game I told you about, Benville? That had big asteroids. This one had teeny tiny ones. And so that, you know, that was a big, 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 but sisters got through that, but they figured it out. They problem solved. I could, I don't even know how they did it because I was saying, just keep you, I couldn't do anything but keep my eyes on it. And if I looked at the sisters, you know, Stan knew that I was distractible, but it just, anyway. Then we end up in some other, I think it was another, I don't know if this might have been, you know, my imagination might have been running, but I could have sworn there was something to do with carrots, maybe weaponized carrots, you know, there's these universes. I, or, you know, I was just hearing bits and pieces of what the sisters were saying, but I could have sworn I heard carrots, carrigs, currigs, carrigs, carrots, carrots, it could have been carrots, but I don't know what a carrot is. Um, but I thought that there was something like, uh, that grabbed on. I was like, is that a kid, the, the carrot thing you pull the carrot with, that's gotta be pretty strong. So that was just another challenge. The sisters overcame, uh, then there, there was, of course, like, uh, like, like we, we came under, you know, we, we had to deal with stuff, you know, like, uh, and I guess they could have taken over command. I guess sister could have taken over command cause it was a battle situation. Uh, here's the situation. When a battle starts, the quartermaster goes on vacation. Bump, bump, but, you know, 
But in this case, it was just this was an all hands on deck situation. So it didn't. No, I don't. I don't even think even anything devious. I mean, the the task at hand was right in front of us, but only I could see it. But I couldn't move, and I could only sense it. Uh, but it was there. And then, like uh, again, I think it, I, I don't know if this was a slingshot situation. Uh, but then, 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 oh, then we. So then we went through the battle, which is obviously trying to keep us from something. That was it. And I don't even not sure what happened. I just saw. It's a bit like being on like a, a ride at that point, you know, like flashing stuff and sisters cursing. You know, totally normal ride. And the shields and stuff, but I was just in charge of following this, the, the, like, uh, and I mean, I, like, uh, it was, that was pretty cool, actually, because one of the sisters was, like, so it was like, uh, there was two navigators, like, or I was navigating and sister, one of the sisters was driving, like, dodging stuff, uh, and that worked. It was like some sort of adaptive uh, battle control, because staying in the ship's computer would course correct. I don't know. I think it was based on human beings and algorithms working in sync perfectly. Like, kind of reminiscent of driving. Like, like if you had rubber I guess if you used rubber bands, but probably, but they wouldn't work as good as an algorithm, I, I think. Uh, but then that's when, after we got through this, this like, uh, battle-type thing, or, or you think it was like a security defense thing, but to be honest... Uh, there's shouts of like, I think wormhole, uh, which is different than a black hole, less risky, but still unknown. Uh, but we came out of this, we came, went through the wormhole, came out of the wormhole, back in the vacuum of space for a short period of time, like very short, like instead of getting dumped out, you know, something where it's like also, but then... Uh, but then Stan just started leaking out, or not Stan, the, the ship, like, before we could even, like, this cloud started appearing, and then the ship came out of cloaking, but it was already, like, this cloud streaming out behind it, like, it's releasing all sorts of stuff, and then it was headed towards this cloud, and I, I said, oh boy, there's a possibility like the cloud of delusion that encircled Earth after we were exposed to space, and finally, Earth was exposed to, you know, the whole... I don't know if you remember that pen pal, but if you're, cause I don't know if you're on earth, but you know, we were earthbound humans knew about outer space, not, you know, some familiarity with it, lots of thoughts about it. Then one day earth gets exposed to outer space, you know, very quickly we got on the outer space map and, you know, we started getting visitors by beings from outer space, outer space technology, you know, improving Earth technology, traveling un to universes, meeting creatures from, you know, all sorts of stuff. Overwhelmed some people on Earth, uh, myself included, pen pal. Uh, but also, you know, a whole, whole new way of life. It tons of more potential to, to things to do, you know, of uh, outcomes. Then just as quickly, this delusion cloud comes in and circles Earth. We're separated from space again. This was a cloud we were going into. And as the ship, so, so was, as we shot into the cloud, I realized very quickly this was a thick, thick delusion. And it had almost an immediate effect on the sisters. 
And then it almost had an immediate effect, like the, the, the computers. Anyway, like the sisters, they became debil- instantly debilitated. It was so intense. Uh, now, for me, it was also almost impossible for me to track the ship. I was trying to for a little while. And then I was losing it, but I still had this vague sense. So I was still trying to, uh, but then I didn't know if I was like uh, going to lo- get lo- like if I was chasing a delusion or not. But I, I don't know. It was almost like there was like a laser pointer on my brain, but w- within it like a fog. And the sisters were, you know, it was it was a tough, tough situation. And quickly, you know, my old, like I went into commander mode once again. Because uh, they said, "Oh, like we got to get, like uh, we got to get. This is going to be trouble for everybody because we could, you don't want to get caught in a cloud of delusion." Also tried to be like, "Is this Earth's delusion?" But then I couldn't move around, and Stan was following my eyes. And then I tried. I said, "Like uh, I, I was like, I don't know what what to do." And then Stan started, Stan started, Stan in the computer and Spike, they really showed up big because Stan was like uh, some training we were working on, but uh, offering uh, alternate ideas uh, to deal with the situation. And just like humans, I say, Stan, there's no bad ideas. Spike, mostly no bad. You know, I said, if we're stuck as the crew and you're listening, monitoring, you know, I don't know. And then so Stan just started, and it was also Stan's way of coping maybe. Uh, but they started offering like uh, ideas and theories because Stan was like, you know, assessing, are we going to get stuck in this cloud? Are we still following a ship? Or And, and Stan said the one, a bunch of stuff, like cause I said, no bad ideas. But Stan said one theory is that, uh, that whatever was controlling me being frozen uh, was like a sub like some sort of subspace uh, thing. Because Stan said, "Well, you know, we've been processing your brows furrowing when we were in atmospheres, and, and like your forehead was wrinkling." A computer noticed that. So that being in an atmosphere, and Stan said, even the, like barely the cloud was, Stan was like, it can detect something. And then Stan said, well, I don't know if that furrow is permanent or it just looks deeper. And I said, okay, anyway, Stan. So Stan said, you know, if we could get to that. And I said, okay, okay. And then I had this vague idea, and this was very complicated, but it like, uh, like, well, mostly just yes or no questions. And Stan said, well, do you want me to do this? Because I, like, looked at Stan. When you might make eye contact with freestyle soda machine, for the most part, the freestyle soda machine knows what it means. If you're not there for a soda, uh, it means something, you know, way bigger than sodas. But, you know, I mean, the soda machine, if you're not there for soda and you're staring at a soda machine, the soda machine needs to put that in context and say, well, why is this person staring? You know, if you're a regular freestyle, well, maybe a service, maybe, you know, something else. So Stan knew, and so at some point, the decision was made via my eyes uh, to just make a a space jump uh, uh, towards where I suspected the tow ship in the Neches was, uh, which I figured was, I figured we were in the outskirts of Earth, and they were going to go land on Earth and hide out, uh, 
like they wouldn't have gone into the cloud of delusion, just get stuck there. That was another theory. And so we jumped and we jumped right into like uh, right into the outer atmosphere. And just like you've seen pen pal probably and everything in like, like a friction, frictiony atmosphere, like ships, you know, blah, 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 everything's, but the good thing was the ship was shaking and sisters, sisters were like shaking out of the delusion. Mostly, you know, they were a little overwhelmed. Boom. You know, I had full control of my body and mostly, you know, as much of my mind as I have can, you know, so I sat down at the controls uh, staying in the ship's computers, you know, we were jumped into the atmosphere. So it was all hands on deck, you know, half of each of the sisters' hands to try to bring us in for a landing. And then, of course, the malfunction started, just like you see, you know, beeping and beeping and blurping. And, and, uh, and again, it's just so, like, I don't know, like, uh, whatever, like we, the ship was barely under our control. And so then, you know, we do, like, I was trying to control it. We were, you know, doing all the safety stuff to, to, to get ready for a soft, soft, uncontrolled landing, as they say in the sleep podcast world is a, you know, that kind of landing, uh, partially controlled landing, uh, you know, with something that rhymes with hash. But so we get in, and then and then we, you know we're all working together. It wasn't as we're in the zone, so it wasn't that stressful. And then boom, we punch through the outer atmosphere. And it, honestly, part of me was like under you know I was operating at such a high capacity because I was positive we would punch through, and I would see the blue green of Earth, you know. And we punched through the atmosphere, and it was more of like a a gray brown and then i said like uh stand stand where you know and then stance was like uh trying to figure out where what planet we were on you know matching maps and not, not coming back with anything but that was just a little bandwidth because really we were still trying to control the 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 descent of the ship the slow feathery you know those helicopter seed like descent ideally and so then we went in and uh, got the ship down uh, r- relatively. Uh, uh, we were all strapped in, and, and, the, and the ship landed in some sand. And believe it or not, Pen Pal, that's where I'm messaging you from now is the planet we've arrived on. Uh, and uh, thus far, that's what we're doing. So I think we're going to be here for a little while. I don't know. Like, uh, after reserve, you know, we have to, re- we do have solar, but, but I, I'm going to be honest, my pal, it'll be a little while to tell, I mean, the next time you hear from me, it might just be instant for you, but I, I you know, I, I got to conserve, conserve energy now because we're here on this planet. We don't know anything. It's unknown. We just got here. And so we're going to, you know, but, but, so we might be here a while. So I'll talk to you when I talk to you, pen pal, but thanks. We're okay. We got plenty of water for now and food, soda, you know, plenty of soda, so much soda. So uh, don't worry, pen pal, I'll be in touch at some point uh, when I talk to you. Oh, bummer. I just realized I missed my promotion ceremony. I'll have to pitch that to the sisters. Maybe today's not the best day. But to say, well, why don't I, why don't I just be commander of the ship? 
And they did this whole thing prove that I really am the commander, don't you think, Ben Pal? I don't know if they'll agree, but I'll talk to you. All right, so hey, everybody, this is uh, like one of these episodes where we kind of talk about story and the podcast in general, kind of have like a wrap-up of uh, nuns in space and talk about writing process and stuff. So I think for most people who work and for those of you that are interested in the stuff, you can always listen during the day, but I'll try to keep it droning and I'm not going to be working off any notes, so that should make it for extra... Uh, for extra, um, what do you call it? You know, extra walls. So when we were talking, let's see, what will we go through here? Kind of like a general wrap up of nuns in space. And then, uh, maybe talk about what I'm working on next and maybe just some general stuff. Actually, some general writing stuff too will be in here. Uh, just about my changes in my routine and stuff. Um, so, okay, so Nuns in Space, we, we stopped at 19 episodes, and uh, this was kind of the first episodic series, as I thought it used to, I, it, when I first started making it, I thought it was called a procedural, but uh, luckily I have listeners that are, you know, that said, no, it's episodic, which makes sense. And w- so let's just get to, like, why did we stop it at 19? Actually, I was surprised we made it to 19 episodes. Like I was like, holy cow, we're on episode 19 because of the episodic thing and because of the tra- chugging train-like nature of the podcast. Uh, I guess I wasn't really realizing how many episodes we had made. Uh, like, I mean, I realized I put them out every week, but I'm also recording and writing them. And just when you're having to churn that out every week, you just, especially when you get into a zone, you're just like, every week I got to rec- write and record a nuns in space. And it actually becomes re- reassuring in some sense, because now I'm in the opposite place where I'm just starting up the new writing routine of what we're going to do next. And it's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's more, it's frightening in, in a little bit because you're back in the unknown. Uh, but also I could have kept going and I think some part of my gut said, okay, we're at 19, like right around 18, 19. I said, okay, let's not let this get stale here. And, you know, let's not let this get easy. I don't want things to be easy on the podcast or I think you like, uh, that's when it, I think it becomes where it could drift into too boring or too, I, I don't know. It's just what I like about making the show is it's very challenging. And not that it become easy because it wasn't like it took me any less time to make each week. It just was like, I think it was like less, uh, I guess like my default, I've talked about this as a general character flaw I have or challenge if you want to put a positive spin on it, uh, that there's a big part of me that's always in an unhealthy way, uh, and I guess probably a healthy way too, like seeking out total certainty. And so I didn't want to seek certainty through it would be like, okay, well, this is working. Let's not mix it up. Let's mix it up while it's working. I don't know, just part of my gut, which the same gut that told me to start making a silly podcast, uh, just said, huh, I think, and I was saying, no, believe me, like right around, right at, right at 18, it said, I think we need to start something new. And I said, well, I don't have a clear beat on the new thing. That's why I'm trying to buy time. And my gut said, well, I think we should wrap it up with episode 18. And he said, well, I don't have anything to start writing. I'm not, I don't have certainty. And my gut said, well, and then I said, well, I'm not sure. I think I have an episode 19 in me. 
just get a, like, I don't know. So, uh, but I still then it went into a debate of like, okay, do I take two weeks off of like, like, um, like just take two weeks off to write and probe and discover something new or I had a general idea of what I was going to do next, uh, but I didn't have a, it wasn't certain. Do I just start writing or do I take a week off? And I think it probably took four days off and they said, no, we get like, this is like what is working is not taking time off. Uh, I mean, and don't get that mixed up with like a perfectionist side versus a, a rigor side. These are gray areas, but it's not like I was like, oh, I need to take two weeks off because I'm tired or drained. It, it was like, I need to take two weeks off because I'm scared and I want uh, not clarity, certainty. Like it would be one thing if I was like, well, I just want to take two weeks off to get some clarity about what I'm going to write next. Uh, I think that's an acceptable thing. I mean, you also have to adjust to, well, how this train runs on a schedule. How are you going to do that? And those kind of things. So, I don't know. I, my my gut said, well, let's just start writing the next thing and we'll figure it out as we go. Which kind of falls into this huge positive discovery we made with, or I, we made, or I made, or whatever, of like uh, testing out this idea of episodic series versus serial series. And what kind of led me to do episodic one is the feedback I've gotten. And I keep try to keep good track and we do surveys and I get emails and Twitter and Facebook. And while I don't spreadsheet all the feedback and I can't take, I can't overweigh certain feedback. There was, a, uh, when I was watching the feedback, I said, oh, well, there may be these uh, serial seasons for new people or people that fall asleep, it kind of creates this intimidation factor. Oh, well, I can't start it on episode five because I won't, even though I'll be asleep, I won't know where it is. Or, oh, I fell asleep during episode five and now episode six out, so maybe I just shouldn't listen at all. And I don't want to, I want people to feel secure and say, okay, well, I'll just get, give this uh, episode a listen. Uh, without having like overthink it or worry about like, like I want the, the whole goal of the podcast to say, okay, put it on and I'm going to go to sleep, but like, uh, without any hassle. So I guess like the low friction idea was, okay, an episodic series will have lower friction because people can get on and get out whenever they want. And if they miss an episode, uh, they won't. Uh, they they won't have a need to say, "Well, you got to listen to the other ones." But if if there are completists, they can listen in order. Or actually, as 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 the as the season went on, it was like, "Okay, you could kind of listen in uh, out of order." I could have almost shuffled the episodes uh, for the most part. I mean, in the first four, I think, or the first three. Are, are serialized more or less, but uh, uh, that was kind of important to kind of get the concept out and, and everything. So I, I don't know, finding the episodic thing was a huge benefit for that, uh, for, for saying, okay, this is more welcoming to listeners, whether new listeners or longtime listeners. Uh, so pass that test. And the test, too, is, is it sustainable? Like, can it be done week after week after week after week? And when I first decided to do it, it was like, well, I don't know. Is it sustainable? 
And I think, as I said, it, 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 it kind of proved that it was sustainable because, it, and this isn't a guilt thing, it, it takes an incredible, incredible amount of effort to just to put out one podcast episode a week. Uh, so to put out three, like, that's like one of the most important lenses after, okay, is this accessible to listeners? Will this be good content to, to put listeners to sleep? And now with the experience of like almost 500 episodes, I can say, and within my experience, does this work uh, in the context of the podcast? So that's test one. Then just as important as test two, is it sustainable? Is anything I do within the podcast, can it be, it's not really repeated, but can it be placed in and in, in done week after week after week? Because uh, I can tell you, after like week one or week two, it's fine. But once you get into those 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, you, you, like the desert, uh, like repeating things, it becomes a, it, it, it's just an important question to ask. And the episodic thing fit that to, to, to a T. And then I guess three is like, is in this kind of is like a part of related to is it sustainable? Is it creatively challenging? I think is it creatively fulfilling would be another question, but is it creatively challenging in a positive way and like not a like that it's hard and uncomfortable and a little bit painful, I would say, but not in a negative way. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, but in in that because I guess one concern with the episodic thing is like, well, I like the challenge, even though I've felt like it's been too big a challenge, and and that's maybe something we'll talk about. But like of like uh, having a serial story and having an arc and and stuff like that, like an overarching overarching arc, overarching like of the season, and maybe some story resolution. And is that part of what's what was sustainable? These are questions I was asking before. Like, is the serialness of it driving the story and making it easy to keep telling it over time? Because, again, it's like, oh, well, am I going to be able to keep this up every week? I mean, because I guess we just did uh, Nuns in Space for a third of a year, 19 weeks. This will be week 20. That's more than it. So think about, like, uh, a third of your year at work. Um, you know, so so... But but I guess, so was it creatively challenging in a good way? And I'd say yes, and it actually made me, like, my fear of, like, it, like the the challenge of making the episode self-contained in and of itself and the different ways I was playing with story structure and then not having to worry about the overarching narrative. Like, it, some of the nice things about uh, episodic series for the audience and the creator is, okay, it kind of goes back to where it started uh, in Nuns in Space. We're still in a ship in search of the Natchez following delusion. And actually, like, uh, I mean, I guess this is inf- unfortunate, if I, but it, like making a sleep pad, because it's not that essential as like, I mean, there is, I guess, some part of me that feels torn. Like, am I not? And this is with everything I make is like, Am I not living up to the potential of these characters or this story? Am I letting, am I disappointing these characters or am I disappointing the story? I don't know. That might be the creative fulfillment question. And, and I mean, sometimes I have to say, well, that's not my job uh, as Scooter. As a, like That might be what Drew wants, but as Scooter... You know, my job is to, to pass those other tests. And also, Drew, I want to make sure it's... Uh, 
creatively satisfying for you and challenging. Or maybe this is Drew with Scooter because it's like, but we also have this time management thing where the episodes have like, so sometimes sustainability trumps your creative satisfaction. And how much of that is like a reality thing and how much of it is just a, a desire that like an ambition that's pushing you in a good way that it shouldn't be satisfied and how much of it is just reality or versus pure perfectionism. It's like, okay, well, that's good that you're creating stories and characters that you feel like you can't, that have a greater potential than you can fulfill uh, versus being like, well, I'm overperforming my story or something. And I don't know. And, And then, Fitting it into the sleep context and be like, well, is that an unfair burden? Like uh, your ambition, I never want my ambition to get away in, in the way of the context of the the podcast. I think the great thing about the podcast is there's a system of checks and balances naturally because the fact that it has to come out every week and be sustainable uh, curbs perfectionism and, and, and like that kind of perfectionist ambition. Uh, but so I guess what was my, uh, well, I guess as you'll find out, but overall judgment creatively on the episodic thing was that it was challenging in a great way. I really enjoyed it. I really found it relieving in some sense to start every week anew. And I, I felt like, okay, this is like, we're still getting there. I think maybe this next one, I won't even number the episodes. Uh, so that'll make it even more accessible to all listeners that may fall asleep and enjoy falling asleep to the the next thing. Uh, but yeah, I guess I was ha- very happy with the episodic thing, and almost in some sense, I'm like, huh, this does fit, and I don't have time uh, to plot out entire seasons. It's just a r- reality. Like, uh, I barely have time to make the podcast and and keep up with the administrative side. And that I don't think that's going to change. I mean, the chunk of time the podcast occupies, uh, even as it was, I find ways to delegate stuff and create partnerships, and uh, like the podcast is still going to take up, a, a, like just, just I don't know. It's like un, unfair. It's like okay, well, if you want to do something like that, maybe do it outside the podcast as a hobby. So, so I guess my thing is a thumbs up on the episodic series. Um, I guess next we'll talk about like the process side because I know a lot of listeners uh, like they say those of you that may be awake and listening, uh, hearing about the process, and also hearing about some of my routine, uh, the process rooted in a routine, how my routines are changing. Uh, just like unexpectedly. Um, uh, but so what was new about the process other than that the series was episodic, as I talked about before, or maybe during the season, I was testing out Dan Harmon's uh, story embryos, uh, story circle kind of structuring as a model. So that was one thing. The second thing was I was kind of trying, so I write on a seven-day schedule. Uh, ideally, because if I fall off that seven-day schedule, you have a cascading effect, a domino effect. So, and the only reason I would fall off that schedule, I mean, if it was something unexpected, uh, th- that would be fine. I could adjust. But if it, if I fall off that seven-day writing schedule because of procrastination 
or creative perfectionism, that's a, that's a problem. It, it creates impossibility to stay sustainable. Uh, but I did change around my seven-day writing process slightly. So, yeah, to create day one of a much more, and I think this is part of the story embryo idea that kind of Dan set forth, but then in a different way of approaching it in my own way, was day one of the writing process, I would just, uh, wouldn't be writing. I would be, I would do some reading. And we'll kind of talk about my recommendations for re- what kind of reading, but reading, uh, like to kind of create, a, to, like usually in my day one of my writing process would be straight blue sky. Be like, okay, what's happening in the next episode? Because if it was a serial, it's like, where do we need to get start? Where do we need to finish? Uh, but the episodic one, you're starting with, the, you're saying, okay, I know where we're starting. We're starting on a spaceship with the nuns from my childhood, following trails of delusion in search of the Niches. So, okay, so where are we starting? What is the conflict? Or in the situation with Dan's story structure, Dan Harmon's story structure, you say, you need. So what is the need? We kind of know the you, but then it's like, okay, what are the current circumstances of the you? And then what is the need? And then when you look at what what are the characters need, it's like, okay, who's like, then it's like, then you start to, if you get stuck, you say, okay, well, who's like, uh, what are the obstacles or what's the conflict? Who's creating problems? You know, who has what, who wants what, I guess is a, um, okay. But I was talking about schedule wise. So, so day one now for, for nuns in space, almost every day one was spent doing some reading, taking notes, the, the reading that would be directed to the episode or um, help me uncover. Uh, well, well, let me let me just uh, let talk about this because it's it, may, it might be more confusing than it needs to be. And I'm not going to tell you what book I, I was reading because, uh, and I don't know, I, I guess if you really studied the notes, maybe you could figure it out if you're like a patron because that's where I post my show notes. I think at like 10 bucks and up, but, um, I'll tell you, you could take in, and I was talking about this at the meetup at the Dickens fair is like, uh, we were talking about the Enneagram or sometimes I joke about the DS, uh, what's it really called? They always call it the DSVM, but it's the DSMIV, I think, or something, DSVM4, whatever it's called, uh, or the Myers-Briggs test, but I, I would recommend and so this situation will be faux because I'm not going to tell you the books I'm reading. You should just randomly pick like a book, like either a self-help book or a personality test type book. Those might be a little bit too dry. Well, let's just say a self-help book. Um, let's just take a good one that a lot of people are reading and that it's on my list to read, not for, for but it's a Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert's book. I think that's what that's called. Let's just pretend I opened season. Uh, the, the, let's just pretend that was a book I used with nuns in space. I didn't, and I haven't read that book, but I, it is on my list, uh, and I hope it's called Big Magic. But let's just say. So what do I what do I mean is that, and I think that one's broken into like kind of micro chapters because I've looked at it, but I haven't read it. Well, let's just say there's 19 chapters in that book because that would be easy for this example. Each episode on the first day of writing, I would read chapter one. 
But as I was reading it, I'd be taking notes and saying, uh, always like with the idea of or that I'm writing in nuns and episodes, uh, like, okay, like what character would be reading this chapter or what antagonist would be reading this chapter? That's what I was mostly using is like, okay, because especially with this one, because it's like Elizabeth Gilbert is trying to empower people. I would much prefer to empower my antagonists because then your protagonist has to like do like especially if if Elizabeth Gilbert is uh, empowering your antagonist with big magic, then your your main character or your all your characters are they're going to come have to come up with something better uh, to get to the end of the the episode if they have to you know go against Elizabeth Gilbert and big magic, that's going to be tough. So almost like taking like something like in the self-help or inspiration or anything or spirituality, whatever it is, and saying, huh, especially I think like sometimes you could use it for character development, but also this is like antagonist development to say, okay, or, you know, or just a conflict like, okay, well, this is like a conflict resolution idea in this chapter just to get, like, I guess I don't want to use the, th- I guess that would be the theme of the episode. Or as Dan kind of t- talks about it in his, like, his story embryo thing of, like, uh, the top half of the circle and the bottom half, and then the four quadrants, or, like, uh, the conscious and subconscious levels. So that's what I would spend day one doing. And ideally, by the end of day one, my percolation process would either be going on and be like, okay, well, I have some ideas or I, like sometimes you read like, like four paragraphs and you say, Oh boy. I mean like that one, it's like, Oh wait, you're telling me the antagonist has big magic. Okay. I can, I can work with that. And then, cause it, let's just say I didn't read the book, which I didn't. You say, okay. So the antagonist has big magic. What does that mean? And that's good because then you have another question to kind of try to answer. Then you're not going to get creatively blocked. I mean, I'll still procrastinate or mostly my thought, you know, I'll just tune into another thought, you know, worrying or something instead of procrastinating. But, you know, that'll keep you from getting, you, you, you have to answer, okay, so what is big magic? That's a question you have to answer. So how are you? I mean, you can choose to procrastinate, but if you're going to answer that question, you know, you can just start writing and say, okay, well, what does big magic mean in this situation? And then kind of going with Dan, it says, okay, well, what's the next charge? Okay, well, which, well, maybe one of the nuns doesn't like magic. And I say, okay. And then I would think, okay, well, you know what this reminds me of is Phoebe Judge, who makes one of the people who makes criminal. And I saw them live, and I know Phoebe's interested in magic, and it's just the most charming thing. And then the fact that Lauren, the producer on Criminal, like Phoebe practices all her when she's practicing, so then kind of Lauren's had enough. She's like, I'm over Phoebe and the magic. And then Phoebe was kind of talking about being discriminated by, by at magic shops because, like, who's this person coming in here? You know, all these old school awkward magicians. And they'd be like, okay, well, maybe there's some undertones of misogyny in there. And if you're writing all this down, you say, okay, so what do we got now? So we got Phoebe Judge and discrimination by awkward male magicians. We got a nun that doesn't like magic. 
and we have an antagonist with big magic and they say, okay, well that's, uh, and this could be day two of my writing process, but I would still be looking for these positive and negative charges. So we wouldn't be there yet. And you can look, kind of listen to that other episode where I was talking about using Dan Harmon's story structure for feeling nothing. But, but I mean, that's juicy so far. So it's like, okay. I mean, so I say, okay, I want to say character doesn't like magic. So then you could say like magic's good. Okay. So magic's bad in the hands, but you don't like magic. So acceptance of magic versus rejection of magic. Or you could play with Phoebe Judge and saying rejected by like uh, awkward male magicians versus empowering herself through magic. And then you say, well, geez, who should be, well, who could be the antagonist there? Would it be Phoebe Judge or would it be these male magicians and magic? And they say, okay, space station, that's a magic shop. And it's called Big Magic. Look, I could, I could, we could be doing episode 20 right now. This is not so. And you say, okay, Big Magic Station, Scooter would like that. And then we need, but we, then it's like, okay, we need the Big Magic trick maybe to get something. And you say, okay, now we're getting there. So then at that point, this would be maybe day three, where I would already start be starting to feel nervous because it'd be like, okay, the day three, and we still don't have anything written. Uh, but at some point, I would start using, like, now I have this alternative, alternating thing I do uh, where I used to just do one thing. So, uh, like, uh, like I'll go through Dan's story structure. It's like eight points. And, again, if you're first listening to this or whatever, you know, you don't lean, you don't need to lean on, like, this isn't fundamentalism uh, story structure. Uh, it's, you know, this is like finding the, the, the bones for the puppet or whatever, but dance structure goes, you need, you need go search, search, you need go search, find, take, return. Is that eight? You need go search, find, take, return. That looks like it's only seven points. Oh, I forgot about find. You need go search, find, take. Or maybe discover. I don't know. I'm not good at. I'm not good at memory. Is this a memory test? Uh, but whatever. I, I holy. I can't believe I'm recording this. But whatever. So I try to like plot it out on the circle. Just, just this is what I've been doing for these 19 episodes. And I'll see how far I can make it. I say, okay, like ideally I have a little bit more of a charge so I can say, okay, this is about anti-magic versus pro-magic and misogyny versus empowering women or something. And this wouldn't, like this ideally would only work its way into the episode in subtext, you know, so it stays sleepy, which is kind of hard to, can't you use subtext when you're talking? So hopefully this doesn't wake anybody up using those words, but. So then you say, okay, so this is where it starts. And then I would start plotting it out. You need go search, find, take, you know. And I'd see if I make it to the end. Uh, oh, change. That's the last one. Take, return, change. How to forget that? That's eight. You know, start plotting it out and see where, if I can make it to eight. Even if it's, and you can try different ways. You can say, okay, these are the events of this episode. This is this just this character's needs. You can be super on the nose. This is just uh, 
outlining. This is just writing. I mean, just this morning I was writing and I said, okay, I was stuck. And I said, okay, let's just go through. You need, let's just be on the nose about this character's emotional, like just totally, you know, like, uh, uh this character's this passive aggressive and then this, and then this, uh, cause this is just a tool to help you again. This isn't like anything. So usually I would do a circle, then I would look over a circle and if it's day three, I'm not going to be feeling good. And then usually the circles, those of you that have seen my notes, they can be like, sometimes they don't make it to eight. Sometimes I'm like taking, like adding building onto the circle. So then it just looks like a ton of, you know, notes everywhere. And let's say I did that for day three, then day four, I would start to bullet point it. So then I'd look at the circle and I'd rewrite it in, in a, a list and change it to be like, okay, that doesn't work. So I'd say, okay, uh, like we get, cause you can't get to big magic unless you have a need to go there, the station. So I'd say, okay, you know, uh, we decided like, uh, I don't know, we decided we needed to, I don't know, we needed some, there's some, so we're still stuck, which is fine. So you put it like, uh, we need something, we need a magic trick for some reason. So we go to big magic station and then a big magic station, you know, and you, you just start listing stuff and then also be writing dialogue and saying, okay, this character is going to say this. Like, so sometimes it'll be all on one page. Sometimes it'll be two competing lists with the dialogue on sometimes the dialogue's mixed in, sometimes it's on one side, sometimes it's on the other. I'll also be looking for the in. Like what is the the in at the start of the episode with the pen pal is like a unrelated or like tangentially related thing. Magic so that would be an easy one. Say, okay, magic tricks, misdirection. Well, like what am I gonna talk to my pen pal about? So then you just keep going through. And a lot of times, as I said, one of my keys to my process is personally is trying to find the questions. If if you if you got a question, if you don't know, you say, okay, well, why do we, okay. Like, and especially if you're closing it out, like uh, through your time writing for the day, you know, you got to trust your subconscious. Be like, why do we need a magic trick? Underline, 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 irritating, question mark, irritating, question mark. You say, I don't know. And then the next day, maybe you know. And then if you get stuck, just start, like, write if you're like, just start writing 30 reasons why, you, why would you need a, and you don't even need to put it in the story context. Like, why would I need a magic trick uh, to impress someone, to confuse someone, uh, to please, like, a, a pro, like, what if I was at a retirement village and I needed to, you know, or what if I was visiting a relative and uh, someone's last request. Uh, job, a job application, or I work at a magic shop, but I don't know any magic. Do they say, okay, wait, maybe that's what I could talk to my pen pal about. Okay, there you go. But that still doesn't answer the question, why do I need a magic trick? Um, then you say, maybe you should keep listening, or maybe you should write the dialogue for the pen pal thing, and then maybe something will come out of that, like a story. Oh, yeah, Pen Pal. I remember this time Phoebe Judge came into the magic shop, and then I didn't know it was a Phoebe Judge. And like, I don't know, something like that. And then, like, so that you're, tra you know, you're just trying to uncover the next question to be answered that'll hopefully, uh, it'll just keep you going. 
Uh, but for me internally, day five, then we get to day five of writing. That's when, and we'll talk about the times, but up until like it's, I try to write in, um, well, I'm trying to find a new strategy, but like normally I was writing on train. So 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon and any other time I could squeeze in every day. And on the weekends, as soon as I'd wake up, it, like uh, ideally after I had started drinking coffee, I'd just start writing. Uh, but at day five, that's when I start to feel pressure because I say, oh, boy, this isn't refined enough yet to make it through an episode. So then I would take my bullet point notes and try to make another circle and say, okay, what do we have now? And then ideally day five, you know, we're rolling a little bit more. So then I'm also made, as soon as I do a story structure, then I'm making another list and saying, or bullet points or, or a sequence of events and saying, okay. And then going back or write, just writing like sequentially or writing a scene and saying, okay, I know this is going to happen here. So how do we get there? Like with that Long Lost Buddies episode, I knew that we had to get to the episode of Long Lost Buddies. And I knew that it, the conf, like one of the conflicts would be like me and my nervousness and my perfectionism. And then another one would be the nun's pressure on me. So sometimes if you know, like you just, I don't, I don't know, there's it, a different challenge each time, I guess, when you're doing this, as a lot of people know. So... That's day five, and hopefully at day five it's starting to come together, but probably not. And then day six comes, and day six is probably the same as day five. It's either picking up where I left off or starting it again, either starting a list or starting a story circle and then going to the list. Or if things are going well, writing some dialogue for the pen pal or going to scenes and saying, okay, what is in here? Um, but usually this, we're still like, uh, still not working. And this isn't to say that 50, like even those 30 minutes, I'm daydreaming, I'm getting nervous. I'm thinking about something else. Ideally, I'm just not checking my phone. So at least the only struggle for my focus, if I'm on a train is the, you know, the other passengers or my daydreams. Uh, but you know, so I don't know, but it's never going smooth. So don't let me give you the impression that it's ever going smooth. So those of you else that are trying to work on creative projects, you know, it's a struggle. It's it's a real, real struggle. Uh, but the biggest struggles are to do it every day uh, consistently for a little while and then to be focused. And like, so carving out the time that took takes three years, I mean, it takes a long time. People say you got to do something for whatever, 22 days. I think if you want to do, if you want to write something, I mean, 22 days is a good start, but like if you write for five minutes for 22 days, then write for six minutes for 22 days, then write for seven minutes for 22 days. Even after 66 days, it's going to be like, uh, it, it's just, a, that's why I say rigor. Cause that's, uh, you know, I don't know how I found it because I'm not a rigorous person normally. But the other challenge, once you have that space, is the, the mental space to focus on it. And believe me, that's still a huge battle for me. And when I think about the, the difference, one of the differences other than talent and intelligence and all those things, of someone that's doing it for a living, 
versus me who's kind of like in this in-between place of trying to do, you know, to trying to do it for a living or kind of part-time doing it is that focus. And not that like people would say, oh, well, that's why I'm successful because I'm so focused when I write. So that's something you're probably aware of, uh, or maybe they are. I mean, if you listen to John and Craig, they talk about stuff like that, maybe different vocabulary or uh, uh, related struggles, but they're pretty honest. Uh, that's why it's one of my favorite podcasts, Script Notes, things interesting, things about screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters. Uh, but uh, uh, this, this episode's brought to you by Script Notes. Also script notes, not just scrib notes, but also scrib notes. It's a new notebook I'm selling for when you're scrib, you know, for scribbling. Scrib notes, the podcast about scribbling and things interesting to scribblers. Yeah, I should start that podcast. Scrib notes. Okay, so I got to keep an eye on time here. But so day six and day seven are more of like uh, trying to refine it and trying to get it uh, like a good idea of the sequence of events. And if it's going really well, then even the timing of events. So say, okay, scoots, where can you go on tangents? So you have your pen pal tangent and then you have this happens. And is there a tangent in there or is it the next thing? Okay. Is there a tangent in there? Uh, so then I just keep an eye on the time as I'm recording it and say, okay, uh, let's, uh, we need about six minutes, or it's usually not that, but like, okay, so we're at 38 minutes. We still have three events. We're in great shape. Uh, we're at 38 minutes, and uh, I don't know how much meets in those two events. So this middle one, like, what are some details we can fixate on? Or what? what is, uh, how can we describe this? Or how was this character... Like, how can these characters have a long conversation about this? I mean, I don't ever, like, write down the times anymore, but I used to do that, like, yeah, three or four, five, uh, probably two years ago, a year and a half ago. Like, okay, this will take about ten minutes. Like, that way I just, you know, like, I guess now I'm more better at eyeballing. I'd be like, okay, that should take ten minutes. If it doesn't, then we're in, like, uh, uh, but it's good, like, in space and with these different characters. And with this particular narrative voice, it gave me a lot of room because I could just use my thoughts uh, a lot of times. So, um, and then then we record day seven, uh, which was normally would be Thursday nights. Uh, the schedule did get messed up, a bit combination of events and procrastination, but would be normally like Wednesday night. I wouldn't like, I don't get home till late. So like Wednesday, by the time I got home and walked the dog in eight, it'd be like eight thirty PM. So I'd record from like eight thirty to like nine fifteen, nine thirty, which, so I just have time normally to do some of the administrative recording for like the teasers. Maybe normally I wouldn't even tell him to do a thank you. So then I do an opening and then the Antonio Banderas part. Then on Thursday, I'd probably do more like I do with the thank yous. And then I would record the episode because uh, it's not like there's a lot more. Just takes longer to record than, you know, what you, the whole idea is the podcast sounds uh, uh, whatever free and easy, but the making of it isn't really free and easy. But. Uh, I mean, t- like, so 
whatever, day seven we record, and then day one starts again the next day. So let's see, in summary, I guess like, uh, so Dan Harmon's story structure, that worked worked great, and I'm going to be using it again, you know, because it's similar to the hero's journey. I don't know, it's just a pathway. I said, let's keep keep going with it. Uh, As far as just laying out, uh, I don't know, I I guess I already, like, I just like it. I'm happy with that, and I'm also happy with this flip-flopping I'm doing. Of like, okay, let's do a circle, then let's let's beat it. Like, 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 let's do story beats or whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, whatever bullet points or listing, and let's find our uh, pen pal thing. I guess the pen pal thing maybe is like a emotional latch for me to feel good too. Um, like in total uncertainty of like, I don't know how this episode's ever going to come together. I can't tell you how many times I say that on like a Wednesday or Thursday or date, whatever, not on a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I guess so. Like kind of Thursday morning, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, uh, but, but, uh, then it's like, well, it's going to be okay. And I can kind of go like the pen pal, especially starting out with it, like gives me like this, uh, just a good way to start out. You start out with like something reassuring and then you can build from there. Okay. So that's Dan Harmon's story structure. I guess I won't uh, like, uh, I wanted to talk about some changes though, cause I've had some changes in my commute and my schedule. And I just want to talk about that real briefly for anybody else that's working on anything is that this is a struggle for everybody. Like, uh, if you're like struggling to find time and now I'm trying to find my trick, my commute is going to change, not where, but how I'm commuting. And so now it's like, okay, I'm going to have to uh, go get up earlier and go somewhere and write uh, uh, because I'm not going to be commuting by train anymore. So, I mean, cause my, what happened was a car. Let's see. I used to commute, but I still had to drive my daughter to school and the company that I was using, the car share company, I don't know if they went out of bit, whatever, they became unreliable and then they went out, like, then they were purchased or whatever, sold their, so I had to lease a car because an electric Chevy Volt, by the way, uh, but I had to lease a car just because I didn't have any way, I had to get my daughter, you know. And it was a spent. It was like the exact same amount of money a month sharing a car versus leasing a car. But so now I don't have time to ride on the train anymore. So uh, the commute will save. Like I still have that time. Uh, so I just have, I'm gonna like go to a coffee shop and, and write. And actually, I think I'm gonna get somebody else that was uh, like say, hey, I'm gonna be writing here at these times these days. If you want to go there. Because I have a friend that's like, well, trying to work on something. They say, okay, well, I'll be there writing. So if you want to show up and write at the same table as me, I know that's weird. Uh, but it's not that weird. So um, so we'll see how that goes. But it has been a struggle because it's just a change within four days I've had this car. Uh, but it has thrown things off. Now, the good thing is it was right. It just happened to be the timing was perfect with the transition to this next series. Uh, which I guess well, I'll just mention at the end as a payoff here is that we're going to do, it's not a season two of Superdoll, or I'm not sure it will be. It will be an episodic version of Superdoll. 
uh, probably span, I mean, spanning time frame. Uh, so it'll be leaping around. I, I mean, the, I'm only writing the first episode now and it's, uh, takes it to the character backstory. So very superhero, like, I guess some tropes of superhero stories or shorthand or whatever. But so, cause those are characters that I know a lot of people liked. I liked them a lot. It's been hundreds of episodes. I think uh, since we've heard from them, and it also fits in. I said, well, this could be episodic. Actually, when I decided to do it, I didn't even know that. Uh, I was just like, okay, I think we'll do Superdoll yet, but I don't have a story idea for an overarching story. And that's when I was having that internal debate about, should I just, what should I do? Should I just keep going with nuns in space indefinitely? And I mean, another thing about the indefinitely thing, I think 19 episodes is enough like uh, for, for a season. Like, I normally, like, shoot for, like, 14 to 16. And we'll probably be back to Nuns in Space sooner than later, uh, I think. But the, then I'm like, okay, it's also, like, that I'm doing Star Trek Next Generation. It just felt like uh, two, like, uh, like two blurred lines and maybe too much sci-fi because it's like, okay, well, I got to keep all the listeners in mind. I can't police everybody. But I got to do my best to make this a open-armed podcast. And, you know, there is a percentage of people that loathe space. I mean, it just is a fact. And, you know, earthbound humans that loathe space. I think it's 33% is the last uh, poll I saw. 33% of worldwide residents dislike space. Uh, the moon, you wouldn't believe this one either because it's made up, is that 25% of uh, humans dislike the moon. I never would have thought that until I just made it up. But, you know, that, but that's a fact, you know, within my brain. Uh, so I think that's about it. Like, as far as, so let's see, we covered uh, episodic series, uh, some of the things, Dan's structure, kind of how my process worked related to using that, kind of the schedule, that schedule can change, trying to be focused versus, um, I don't know, that's been hard, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, I guess I can close on that, too. Is like That has been something I've really been, like, uh, I'm trying to cut back on my hours at work, and um, I've realized, like, how much... Uh, like work the podcast takes and as the podcast grows you know maintaining a community and being accessible and trying to promote the podcast so those i can't let those things take away from the production of the podcast but they're necessary for the sustainability of the podcast and there are also things that are in interacting with the listeners is something i enjoy uh, promoting the podcast, uh, like I, I like talking to people, so and it's like outside of my comfort zone, so it's a learning thing and it's important and it's nice to connect with other people. So, um, what was my point? Why did I start talking about this? Oh, because I've learned like this focused idea of when you're writing being focused, or when people talk about good bedtime hygiene. Or a good wake up hygiene. I don't think that's a thing. Is like uh, that those times I spend on my phone, like looking at forums about things or reading the news, 
Like when you when you say like so like I've like like I said when the train was going when I ride the train it's fifteen minutes because it's like a, a twenty minute train ride and it's you know like those two and a half minutes to sit down and take out my bag and stuff. Uh, but so, um, like lately in the past couple of days, I've been just writing for ten minutes and then working on something else for ten minutes and then writing for ten minutes, and it's really hard. I mean, really, really hard. And you, you put that part of you that doesn't want to do it or wants to procrastinate saying, oh, this is so. But I mean, when I wake up and I look on my phone, 20 or 30 minutes will go by in a flash. And we're still, I'm still a human being, you know, so, but it's like trying to say, well, Jesus, like, uh, uh, I don't know when, again, when I think about, uh, uh, what it means to, 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 to do this and, uh, to reach a level of success where your projects are sustainable. Like there's no secrets and there's no clear way. And some people say, oh, that person had more this or that, or that more talent or more opportunity or, you know, more, they were just a fad or it was a time they were at the right time. And sure, all those might be true, but this idea of focus and the idea of like, uh, just what are the things that are limiting me from being, uh, not the best I can be, but like, uh, it get, I guess it goes back to that idea that Stephen Pressfield's like war of art, like, I haven't read that in a while, but like, if like, okay, well, this is my job to get this writing done first before I mess around on my phone of like, at least seeing that you have a choice. That's still where I'm at. Like some mornings I'm like, uh, I mean, usually I'm good about meditating, but then I'll be like, well, before I like exercise, let me work, mess on my phone or before I write, let me exercise. Like, so it's not easy, uh, this stuff. And, uh, so you should applaud yourself if you're out there trying. And if you're not there, it's because it's not easy. So you shouldn't beat yourself up about it. Uh, but at the same time, don't let that hold you back because it's like the only way to overcome it is just these slow, it's the most unglamorous thing, slow, consistent, steady work. Uh, I, I mean, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, will make up for like, uh, the lack of all that other stuff I said. I mean, obviously you got to have some aptitude. I don't like the word talent. I like the word aptitude, which to me means like, uh, aptitude means you can have a high skill or whatever you would call talent. The more like the time you spend practicing it, like it means your curve is like, it's like, okay, well you and Sammy Sam are both at 1.5 you know, whatever, uh, cheeseburg score of writing aptitude. But if, as you write, because you, you I'm writing whatever talent, but as you write, you have this aptitude. So your curve shoots up with each hour you spend, uh, cumulative hour, uh, versus, uh, whatever we said, Sammy Sam's. And maybe even Sammy Sam started higher than you because they're super talented and they come from a family of producers, and they went to great school, uh, but their upward curve is different. Uh, so you have to have aptitude. I mean, I don't know if you have to have talent, but you do have to have aptitude, which is like, I guess, a latent talent maybe. Uh, but don't give up on like uncovering that fact, because uh, the only way to uncover it is with the work. 
in the world right now really needs it, whether whatever the creative work or uh, like like uh, service-based work or whatever it is, you, like uh, we need it. Uh, well, we need a, a richer and more flourishing world to live in. Uh, you know, and that, that's, you know, it just me. I don't know. I guess that's about it. Uh, so thanks so much for listening to the podcast and this explorations of story and of my limitations and my aptitude, my potential and my personal quirks to say, like, these are the intangible benefits of the podcast for me is like, uh, uh, learning about my limits and, and, and uncovering an opportunity to say, well, I can, I can figure out this story stuff and it helps people fall asleep. And that, that's kind of what fuels one fuels the other. It's like an honor. So thanks. Uh, all right. Good night.